Warning, this is a message from the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. They're working on it. Reminding you to watch before you listen. This show is full of spoilers and we literally talk about every scene in the movie. Also, we use some not-so-super language, so maybe make your kids go outside and play for a little while so you can listen to two grown men talk about people in costumes fighting other people in costumes in peace. Hello, citizens. Welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. And I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. This is a show where we talk about some supermen. And superwomen. And superboys. Yeah. And suits. And super suits. I guess. If you can find them. They're not hard to find, apparently. They will crash land in a junkyard near you. All you have to do is go get it. Go just, investigate it. Go get it. Just go get it. We're talking about Star Kid. We're talking... <laughs> Last week on the Cape Podcasters, you can drop a little clip there. I feel like we should. Oh man, this would be like, like a Law and Order thing. Like, doom doom. Yeah. Last week on the Cape Podcasters. Ah, oh, Dave left his computer here. Star Kid. Dave Novak, the ginger skull himself, left his computer here. We use his computer, Uncle Ben 2.0, UB2 for short, to pick a random movie, and it chows Star Kid from 1997-ish. 1997, 1998. <laughs> I think it's technically January of 98. But, but at released... the same time, it might not be January 98 because it released in, was it Singapore? Singapore. Before that. <laughs> it released in November of 97 in Singapore. They because... had to get in there for the Singapore Oscars. They had to release it in time. They didn't want to wait till January. I get it. I wonder if it won any Singapore Oscars. All of them. Every, I, it, nope. It can't. This is directed <laughs> by, by Manny Cotto. Written and directed. Yeah, of course. We've had a lot of luck whenever that's happened. Manny Cotto, he's directed such things as Dr. Giggles. And Star Kid. And Star Kid. But he does a lot of writing. Does a lot of writing. He's actually a, lot a of producing. big television producer because he did 24 Legacy. He did all of Dexter. He did all of Dexter. Nuts. And a lot of 24. ton of 24. And he tried to bring back the Outer Limits at one point, which was yeah. awesome. So maybe sometimes you're you're good at the, the business end of it, not so good at the, yeah, maybe, the creative end of it. <laughs> maybe just stick to the producing. Do it right there. Maybe some writing, but- like maybe just spot check someone like punctuation, like a second go around. I editing. think that's where he shines. I think that's where he shines. Script editing. Either way, for some reason, this movie stars the kid from Jurassic Park. The boy. Sure does. Joe Mazzello. Joe Mazzello. Why? Who watched Jurassic Park and said, I want that kid to lead? I need more of that kid. <laughs> How much more of that kid? I want all close-ups. It's only going to be close-ups of that kid. Poor kid. Yeah, he's got a actually a really cool career. He's all over the place. Most recently. Most recently, Bohemian Rhapsody. He's in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. He also was in Social Network, killed in that. He's in uh, one of the G.I. Joe movies. Yeah. Retaliation. And directly after he did Star Kid in 1997-ish, in 1998, he was in a little movie called Simon Birch. Oh, yeah. Directed by Mark Steven Johnson. Classic. There's our hook already. Classic. <laughs> But, I mean, this kid's worked. He sure has. And uh, that's the only person of, of air quote, note in this movie. <laughs> yeah, nobody else is really, no. well, well, Danny Masterson is in this movie. Yeah, briefly. I forgot about that. Very briefly. Very, very briefly. I don't know. Just want to get into it. This is a weird movie. It's, it's a very weird movie, and I think, yes, we should just get into it. I remember when I used to work at Hollywood Video back in the day, 
And I remember seeing the cover for this movie and it had the side by side of the cyber suit, the face. Yeah. And Joe Mazzello and his teeth were buck wild. His they teeth were, were nuts. It's the, do you want some face with those teeth? That's pretty much how it went. And then it just said Star Kid. I don't, I don't know. That's how, all. I, star, I don't know how he's a Star Kid. There's um. There's also a special edition holographic VHS cover that switches between the two faces. That's pretty neat. Which is neat. There's also a prequel comic that Dark Horse Comics put out that was written by Manny Cotto. We looked for it. We couldn't find it. We found it on eBay, and I'm not going to pay that for, for this. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> 15 bucks. Not worth a joke. Simple as that. Like we said, let's let's just get into it. This movie opens up into... Hold on. I actually want to start here. How did you watch this? <laughs> <laughs> I watched it twice. Why? Because I wanted to You're get... You're a professional. I, I wanted to get my question. initial reaction of the movie as okay. a whole and then take notes. Okay. The first time I watched it, I watched it on YouTube. Yes. Because the whole movie is on YouTube. Correct. The second time? Through a different website. Yeah. Streaming. Okay. Why didn't you just go back to YouTube? Uh, because I found a better quality version. Didn't know there was a better quality version? Yeah. I'm jealous. It's ripped from a DVD. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Real fancy. When I watched this on, on YouTube as well, there were 7.6 thousand views of it. 7.6 thousand? Yes. And it was uploaded two months ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't, I don't understand how that works. <laughs> That's a lot of views for two months. Did Uncle Ben 2.0 upload it? Maybe. Maybe he kind of just spammed it. And just, that's why it had so many views. You got me. That's bizarre. I think what's more bizarre is that when I started playing it, I had to pause it a couple times at the beginning because we're in outer space. We're on a planet. Did you get the name of the planet? I didn't get the name of the planet. I couldn't tell it was space at first. It looked like it was underwater and it was a giant fish. That's not, extremely fair. <laughs> not a spaceship at all. It did look like a giant like goldfish swinging, like, swimming at you. And then things, people, aliens came out of the bottom of it. The, bo they, the bottom of it opened up yeah. and it gave birth to these rafts of aliens. Yeah. And this was like the, the scene that we're I trying to set here. The, is, I do have the name of the planet, actually. Is it Trelcon or something like it's that? It's Trelcon. Okay. Yeah. And it, Trelkis? It, Trelkos? It, it looked like all the parts of the fifth element that they decided just not to use. And said, hey, let's throw in this kid's movie here. Manny Cotto said, oh, that sounds cheap. Let's do it. But a this part of this movie birth. does not look cheap. It doesn't. There's a battle going on, I guess, between... Between the Brood Warriors and the Trelkins. We don't know who either are. Because nope. they're not named. Apparently, there's just a weapon that they're trying to get their hands on. Yeah, there's a VO that's kind of trying to shed some light, but it's... It's... You can't understand it. It's very hard to understand. You cannot understand it. It might be because of the YouTube. It could be. It could be the movie. So during this battle, you have a lot of, I don't know if they're they're little people or children in these like suits of armor. I don't know. I don't know. They're firing lasers all over the place. They look but like, they're not. But they look not. like a combination of like Mogwais and Ewoks. Okay. With a little bit of Yoda and E.T. thrown in. That's very fair. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Did you notice that like every single laser shot went almost directly into the camera? Yeah. They had the one and they just redid it over and over. Let's, just, let's just keep doing that. Uh, they call the, the suit that's there or whatever it is. It's just like a giant pod of some sort that's there. We know there's a suit in it. Yeah. Eventually. that It's a prototype and it must not fall into enemy hands. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. If one note annoys me a little bit. What's that? Is that they put the subtitle of this alien talking into an alien type font. Yeah, it's a weird and it font. Made it really hard to read. It's like, hey, <laughs> come on. Why do you have to do that? The subtitles don't have to be alien. Yeah. 
Oh, actually, what I wrote down about all this was that this feels like a knockoff Fifth Element with Jim Henson rejects. <laughs> <laughs> so just imagine that in your mind's eye. Yeah, no, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah. And then they go and they straight up Kal-El the whole thing and they yeah. ship that thing off. I don't know what this is. I guess we learned later on that he's like the creator. Yeah. I guess the creator alien man of this prototype. But he, he has, has like, there's like a knob of some sort that it looks like a scrotum. It looks like a scrotum <laughs> he grabs on here. I didn't notice that. Uh, I was probably still thinking about <laughs> the vagina on the, on the ship that all of the aliens came out just of. Just came out of? Yeah. Not the only vaginas we're going to see. <laughs> nope. It is, it is not. And you know that. I don't know why, but when the shuttle launched, it got hit yeah. by something. Did it affect it, the trajectory of where it was supposed to go? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it matters It got too a, little, much. a little swirly in the We had the money that day for runoff. special effects. Throw an extra enough. hundo at that. I'll give yeah. you a rock hit. Yeah, do that. <laughs> that's, that's all we got. Perfect. Great. And then we get a nice smooth transition from a space war. Onto the asphalt. Of a playground. Of a playground. And uh, they don't waste any time. They get right into it. And so did I. Because I actually paused the movie here. Got up and got my first glass of bourbon. Because I realized, I think I'm going to need this. It's an hour, 40 minute movie. We're three minutes in. And I said, okay. Better start drinking. <laughs> oh, this is also the point when, as I paused it. When I unpaused it, it had said 7.7 thousand views on YouTube. <laughs> so I don't know if maybe I'm the, ma the magic click for that one or if other people are enjoying this. I don't know. How many people are watching so Star Kid on YouTube? Strange. That's bizarre. This kid is wearing the international symbol for bully in 1997. All black backwards, backwards hat. hat. Big time. So you know he's, he's no, up to no good. I guess his name is Turbo Bruntley. Turbo Bruntley. Cool. He looks like a pretty good late 90s bully. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He looks pretty good. He fits the part. Absolutely. Perfectly. And he's kicking this little ginger fella off his side of the blacktop. Yeah. You remember how that went? Yeah, I remember. Wild West in that blacktop. I remember when you were, the when you were off the eight, When you were like grades one through five, not when you're 12, 12? 13 here. Yeah. <laughs> when you are, I don't know. I don't know how it works. The bully calls, calls him an ass wipe. Yep. Because, you know, late 90s. And he says, ignorance of the law is not an excuse. And- He's not wrong. Correct. That's very correct. Then he decides he's going to start gently bashing uh, our, our hero, by the way, Joe Mazzola. His character name is Spencer. Spencer. Sounds like a hero to me. I mean, I always name my heroes Spencer. Every single one of them. It's the most heroic name. So our, our bully Turbo here starts gently bouncing a tether ball off of Spencer. And I'm not saying that in an ironic way. He's gently tapping his forehead. Like a Chinese tetherball torture type way of just this. I don't know. But then when he walks away, he's like, oh, I don't do it again. Stay on my side of the blacktop. Yeah. And the tetherball comes back and scrapes the back of his backwards hat. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That shit's on a string. You can't just throw it. Nope. Can't do that. It's going to swing around. It's going to hit the bully on the back of the brim. It is. And then the bully's going to say, you are USDA choice dead, dead meat. meat. <laughs> wow. And what he's spitting his yeah, he did spin his comic. That's Spencer rude. likes comics. That's rude. Night Warrior. That's his comic. Midnight Warrior. Midnight Warrior. Why would you spin someone's comic? I don't get it. I don't know. I'm trying to prove a point. Just bully bullying. I don't just know. Bully's going to bully. Miss Teacher shows up just in time. Yeah. To the and we find out the bully's real name is Manfred. Manfred. <laughs> <laughs> just forcing everything. I mean, Manfred Turbo Bruntley. What a name. Doesn't make any sense. I'd go by Turbo, too. Yeah, so this teacher. Janet Holloway, Mrs. H Miss Holloway. Miss Holloway. She breaks us up and she gets all, she says, oh, tells Turbo, knows he did something. Don't do it again. Yada, yada. Better stop it. 
No one cares. And the bell rings. They all run inside. And she's like, you good, Spence? And he's like, I'll live. Of course. I'll live. Because of dialogue. I am struggling already. I feel like this whole movie, this kid doesn't have real lines at all. No. This whole movie's one-liners, but not the memorable kind. You might be right about that. And that's the scary part about all this. So as they're walking back into the building, we see uh, a little girl and her two friends. Yeah. And uh, little Spencer's got a crush here. Yeah, this girl's named Michelle. Michelle. Ooh. During these episodes, Brian always throws together a cheat sheet that has the picture of the character, the character name, and the actor who plays them. Yeah. It's very helpful. There's legitimately like eight people in this movie. <laughs> this is, there is a giant row on the bottom of this that usually has people there. This one does not. Nope. No, this one, I had to struggle just to get two rows. Oh, man. So he sees Michelle. Michelle likes comics. Michelle is a little girl who is into comics. That's neat. And he's a little boy who's into comics. He has this thing all built in, but he can't talk to girls. He's sitting in class after this and Miss Holloway's class and they're talking and she's talking about acid spray. And how, think of it as like a really gnarly fart. Think of it as a really gnarly fart. She's the cool teacher. Wonder how we know that. Oh, we got us a cool teacher. Ah, uh, we got one. We have the same notes. <laughs> and then she starts talking about echolocation, and surely that won't come into play later in the movie. No, not at all. Not at all. But at the same time, is you have this bully staring daggers at Spencer across the room. This is a big time Flash Thompson move in oh, Spider-Man. Yeah. He's just looking at him, not paying attention to what's being said. Spencer's busy doodling. Doodling away just, in his notebook. Just doodling. Looking up, staring. Drawing superheroes. Yeah. Staring at, at his crush. Manfred is P.O.'d. Yeah. But once again, Spencer's saved by the bell. He is. But he's also, no, well, sort of is, because he, Michelle comes over to him and compliments his drawing, and he freezes up. Oh, big time. Oh, He, he would have been better off being eaten by a dinosaur, I think. I think he would have been better off being beaten up by Manfred. Probably. So the teacher watches him freeze up, and he can't talk, and this girl, Michelle, just Gets out of there. She's like, she's all got right, things well, to bye. do. She's got little kid things to do. I don't know. And the teacher. He bangs his head on the desk. Yeah. The teacher sees it. She asks him to stay after class and she starts talking about spiders, about holding a spider. And a sometimes giant, you got a, a tarantula. Yeah. And I, I don't know why, but I totally feel this way. If this teacher taught older students, she'd totally fuck a student. You are not wrong. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, if these kids were older, this would be inappropriate. Every bit of this says, you're going to be on Yahoo News one day, and I'm going to see your picture, and I'm going to judge that picture of going like, I don't remember a teacher in my high school ever looking like that. Miss Holloway. <laughs> Again, she's cool as shit. She's giving off those vibes. But, yeah. Totally giving off those. But it's, yeah. Yeah, it's not good. No, but she gives him a little private lesson in not being scared. Great. Does it work? Who knows? This lesson means nothing due to what's about to happen. But she does say one line. And it's pretty much the point of the entire movie. She says, if you run away from the things you're scared of, it doesn't get any better. Fear doesn't go away. In fact, it just gets worse. All right. And that's your mantra. That's it. There it is. And here are the credits. And <laughs> and this only wish. <laughs> is where we find out her name is Miss Holloway. Oh, cool. Right there. Great. So Spencer doesn't get picked up from school. He sits outside for a while. And I noticed something right here in this scene that really bothered me. The music? Nope. Because the music's terrible. It's there. Okay. What bothered you? <laughs> there was a sign outside the school. Sure. That said Waverly Street Elementary. Why did that upset you? Well, because Is they're the, in the elementary seventh part? grade. Yeah. Okay. The elementary part then. I get it. I don't. That I, doesn't make sense. No. I feel like they didn't. 
it should be a middle school. Yeah, they went to a location to film this at. And they just didn't change the sign. <laughs> That's got to be what it is. Well, the original name of the movie was The Warrior of Waverly Street. I'm glad they changed it to Star Kid then, weirdly enough. Better title. <sighs> yeah. And that says something. Barely. Maybe that's why we couldn't find the prequel comics, because they're actually called okay. Warrior of Waverly Street. Fair enough. That works. Why do we need a prequel to this? We're watching the or- the origin as it plays out. What could the prequel be? It's about the fight between the brood warriors and the- The Trellic? The Trellic? Tell- tre- it doesn't matter. The, the Hensons. The Hensons. <laughs> so Spencer decides he's going to walk home from school. He's going to walk to Ben and Jerry's. Well, he's going to walk- in the direction of that. In the direction of home. And he sees his crush with her life. friends at Ben and Jerry's. I remember walking home from school and there was a friendlies that we would stop at. And I'd go, be cool to go there. I don't have any fucking money. Right. And I'm 12. This girl's going to Ben and Jerry's. And the worst part about it is, I'll tell you in a second what the worst part about it is. As he's there, of course, the bully's going to show up. Well, uh, Why wouldn't they? Bully's following him everywhere it goes. I like that he's practicing what he's going to say as he walks up. Yeah. So, you like Midnight Warrior? So, you like Midnight Warrior? So, you like Midnight Warrior? <laughs> There's a sign hanging over the street that says, Crystal Bluff Fall Festival, October 28th to November 6th. Keep those dates in mind. Okay. The Fall Festival goes from the 28th to the 6th. Okay. He walks up to the girl, and he freezes up again. Yep. And she just says, hi, and leaves. Leaves all that ice cream. All that ice cream. Doesn't... Doesn't clean up, and we know it's just clean because Bully gets there. Bully's going to smack. He's going to lay one right on Spencer's chin. Yep. Spencer's going to take that like a man, though. Yeah, I was impressed. He pops right up, and he smashes that ice cream into Manfred's face. I wasn't expecting Manfred to actually throw a real punch. I wasn't either. I wasn't ready for that. I no. was like, oh, this kid it's needs nice little, business. Nice little surprise. But what's this little bitch doing not finishing ice cream and then not cleaning up? Why yeah. does he like Michelle? Why does Why does he like This, this is not girl? a girl you want to bring home. She doesn't even finish her ice cream. I hate Do you know it. who'd be disappointed? Benjamin and Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Jerry is short for Gerald. Works for me. They're hippies. Yeah. Probably is. Sure. I don't like that she says hi and then just leaves. Hi. It's a very Superman move. Well, Superman says bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> which is appropriate before you leave. She just says hi and walks away. This kid is just standing there staring at her. Yeah. He's got nothing. I fear for this girl in the future. Her awareness of social situations is well, a little bit- Well, I fear bit... for a lot of people in the future around Spencer. That's right. And we'll get there. So after he smashes the ice cream into Manfred's face, he, he fucks off. He has to. Well, He's yeah. got to get out of there. He goes and hides in a garbage can. As you do. As you do. Manfred, w- running through the salad rows, can't see him anymore. He opens a different garbage can. He's like, he must be in this garbage He's can. He's not. So Manfred tips over the garbage can. And then, sure enough, the Keeps other working. garbage can. It's, He's in. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I- Thought I heard him get in a garbage can, but he's not in this one. I'm not going to check the other one. Yeah. So then as he gets a little farther down the road, he's, he's safe. His dad picks him up in the car. He has a little mini freak out before he gets in the car because of the flies. Oh, yeah. Buzzing around him. Yeah. I love that scene. I don't know why. I like I like the tiny too. little cut it a where little, he's like, it was a good little touch. Because ah! I've been there with the bugs. Because of the garbage can he hid in? Yeah. Okay. No, I was, I was in like a hike and just the bugs were insane. And I didn't have bug spray. It's and a- I got- very angry. Just had to deal with it. And I actually probably did that exact move. He Spencered. I Spencered. All over. All over that mountain. He did it in the streets. Yeah. The streets of Waverly. Waverly Street. His dad's going to pick him up as he goes a little farther down the road. Waverly Street, Crystal Bluff, California. Great. Dad's here. Beep, beep. <laughs> I don't know. He beeps the horn twice. Yeah. Spencer gets in the car. He's got a sweet car phone. Roland. Done. Yeah. He's got that. It's on the wire. I remember seeing those back in the late 90s. Corded car phones. Yeah. Bad ass. All right, this is going to be my first time out of this movie. Okay. This right here 
is a 90s movie trope. Outright, you're too busy, dad. Oh, too busy, dad. Too busy, dad is an overused trope in 90s movies. Especially kids' movies. Absolutely. So you see this when it comes down to, I have a whole list in front of me because I had to. I had to for this one. Yes. You have Hook. Mm-hmm. It's early 90s. That's a big one. Yeah. You have Liar Liar, Jim Carrey. Oh, big time. You have Jumanji. Yeah. Which is a strange one. That's both the parents. Absolutely is. You have Matilda. Oh, yep. And then you have one that's kind of a switcheroo with Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, okay. Also, yeah. so you have just, this is a thing. Oh, yeah. 90s dads are busy. They're very busy. Very. They're extremely busy. And we know it because all we do is see them being busy. That's it. Hey, he's trying to make a good impression in his new job. Yeah. We kind of brushed over the fact that these people are new to town. Spencer's the new kid. I think the movie kind of brushed that over, too, because I didn't know that. Oh, really? I'm not kidding. Oh, like the first line that Manfred says is, hey, new kid. Didn't, didn't have any impact then. While he's pushing him around. Yeah, there should have been more new kid things then. There should have been more new kid. Well, there are a few more. Okay. But yeah. Educate and me his, when we get there. And his dad said, trying to make a good impression at the job, it's the first few months. Okay. That works. I don't like how the seatbelt in his dad's car is like wrapped around his neck. This kid's too young to be sitting in the front seat, apparently. Oh, definitely. It's not good. We get back to Spencer's house. He has a sister. Yeah. Named Stacy. Stacy. And she can't babysit the little scab juice. <laughs> <laughs> Movie trope number two. Angry sister who uses words like fungus and scab. Yeah. To refer to a sibling. It was very Clarissa explains it all. Extremely. Yeah. With Ferguson. <laughs> Ferguson could also be a superhero name. Could be. Just like Spencer. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I like how in Spencer's room we have a lot of different comic book stuff. So much You have the Marvel Green Goblin statue. You have the Hulk in the window. You have the thing on the desk. He's he- got a lot. It's heavy on the Marvels. There's a little bit of DC in there. I There's think he has a tiny super- bit. There's yeah. a little Superman on his hanging, lamp. Hanging around there. Yeah. We see a picture frame of a family. Yes, we do. It is his family. There's four people in that picture. Yep. There's three people in this house. It's 14 minutes into the movie. We're hinting at a dead we're, mom. We're hinting. We are hinting. We are hinting hard. So at a dead mom. That's one of our tropes. <laughs> that's not that even a '90s movie trope. That's one of ours. Stacy has a date with Kevin. That's why she can't babysit. Right. But she can't just reschedule it. It's not a conference call, Dad. <laughs> that's what Busy Dad says. Knock knock. She says knock knock a lot. Yeah. However, when she barges into the room, she does not knock. No. She's Aunt May's that bad boy. Very Aunt May. Yeah. She bursts in the room and says, do yourself a favor, stay out of my way. So <laughs> at that point, Spencer is looking out his window. Yep. And his dad is leaving. Yep. And it is daylight. Yeah, they exchange like a wave. They wave sorts. as he- His dad kind of like recognizes like, I'm kind of shitty, aren't I? He's like, oh, I, I kind of got that feeling. I probably shouldn't be doing this, but uh, I kind of got to. Yeah. You know, sole breadwinner, single parent, perhaps. 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 It's to be determined. So Spencer looks down for about 30 seconds, looks back up, and now it's dark out. Yeah. In the West Coast, the sun sets a lot faster. Amazing. Scientifically. I didn't realize it was a 30-second sunset. I don't know. I don't know. While I was looking out the window, he sees something in the distance just kind of streaking towards the ground. I don't know how he's the only person in Waverly who sees this thing. It is really bright. Oh, yeah. It crashes. It lights up the night sky that wasn't night that long Correct. ago. Correct. Correct. And as he crashes, he goes and grabs his little plastic telescope. You got to get your toy telescope to look. Did you have one of those when you were growing up? No. I did. He'd be lucky if he would see his dad waving at him from the car <laughs> in the driveway. But instead, he holds that up to his eye, and he's able to read this sign for a junkyard. Gimrex Auto Rex. 
at least a mile away. At, at least. least. And he gets a nice close-up of that sign. Sure does. Come on. So he's going to sneak out. He is. Stacy's on the phone with Kevin as he's sneaking out, talking about how she can't sneak out. Yep. It's fun. Spencer got her. Spencer's like, you he's can't. A man I of can. action. He doesn't just sit there and talk about it. Yeah. He's he's not. But he will. <laughs> he's the kind of guy who doesn't freeze up in a situation. Never. Never has, never will. Nope. He just, he sees a meteor crash in a junkyard and says, I got to go check that out. Yep. No one's ever accused There's, him of, of being flat-footed. No part of his personality yep. that says he gets pushed off the playground and can't talk to girls. Yeah. He's a go-getter. Absolutely. So he goes and breaks into the junkyard. <laughs> this is the best lit junkyard in the world. Ever. And he gets into this thing. It has a big keep out sign. But he could just go through the giant gap in the, the gate doors of this thing. Yeah. He, just, he doesn't have to turn. No. He just walks right in. Come on. He ducks a little bit. Barely. Barely. And he sees just this shuttle thing floating there. Yeah. And he throws a rock at it. I don't know why I like that a lot. When I like that he it. threw the rock at it because what Just would you do in that situation? I guess throw a rock at it. I think about it. I, I, I'd be like, all right, what the hell is this thing? Let's throw a rock at it. Yeah. Knowing us now, like today, I'd probably sit on the floor and just be like, Google, what what, what, we, got? Like, what we got? What is this thing? <laughs> and Google, what floats without anything around it? I like that we have like a Stonehenge situation with these cars. It's They're all neat. very precariously placed in this junkyard. Yeah. And- this shuttle thing is very precariously placed because it's in the middle, like the dead center of all of this. Yeah. Strange how that worked out. Also, I like that they're trying to play it coy, but it's a spaceship. Obviously, it's, it's, it's a spaceship. A spaceship. Uh, of course, it's going to open up the second Spencer touches it. Yep. Little dude who can't it? talk to girls touches the thing and it just bursts open. And there's just a suit standing there. In that default skin pose. With I don't know arms what straight that was. Out. That was like Da Vinci's man thing. Yeah. Just yeah. spread out. No idea what it was doing. Well, when you're doing like 3D modeling or you're making skins for a character, that's the pose they're in by default. So they just didn't bother going the rest of the way with it. They're just like, hey, let's put them in default pose. Hey, man, estimated budget on this thing is 12 million bucks. So I get it. But the thing is, it's not a 3D model. No, this is a costume. This is a suit. A lot of this stuff is practical in this movie. This is a suit. Oh, yeah. It's mostly practical. Yeah. The suit just starts talking to him. The suit kind of looks like a cross between... It's like a, bi- a Bicentennial Man, but like Mr. Mime for Pokemon with a pig nose. <laughs> so what I wrote is that it looks like the robot from Fritz Lang's Metropolis. Yep. Bicentennial Man. Nice. With metal muscles, a steel-faced red skull. Yep. And a smushed up pig's face. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. It's a really gross looking suit. It's weird. It's strange. It it's has like these blue eyes. I don't understand. Very blue. I really don't understand. It's very bright. Looks. Clearly backlit eyes. Yeah, and it starts talking to him, and then it starts repeating after him, so I guess it was learning. It doesn't speak English at first. No. And I love that. Yeah, Because that was nice. so many times, that was nice. damn alien just starts speaking English. Yeah. That was a good touch. Way to go, Manny. Manny crushed it on that one. But then let's, it starts- Let's see how you're going to ruin this. <laughs> it starts repeating him, yeah. yeah and learning. And and it's. I think it's just trying to narrow down what language it is. It does it, because it mentions it that it's a Germanic it. language. It breaks it down pretty pretty oh. well. It seems extremely intelligent. But for some reason, it still requires a life form inside of it to operate. It's a super suit. I, I, Just like I, Iron Man. I guess it is. But I mean, Iron Man's suit could operate without a without an Iron Man inside. The newer without one's a Tony. good. Yeah. But the original one could. Well, it's just a suit. But this thing is an incredibly intelligent. This is almost a being. This is a, an actual life form. That's true. When, well, so, think of it as just a suit with Jarvis. Okay. I can understand that one. 
The suit asks if Spencer requires transport. So Spencer says, yeah, I require transport. Yeah, sure. Let me just climb into you. So the suit turns around. The suit's got butt cheeks. This suit has an ass. Yeah. This suit has a donk. Yeah. And uh, why? I don't know. I don't know who's thought this was a good idea. I cannot stress enough how uncomfortable these ass cheeks are. <laughs> is this pre or post Clooney nipples? This is post. We've had bat nipples. We learned it was a bad idea. How have you not learned? Now we got Let's cyber put suits. an ass on this costume. Yeah. And what's worse is the way to get into the suit is that it kind of has like a ramp that opens up out of its back and he leans forward yeah. presenting the butt. Right. So this suit is basically saying, little boy, climb up into my ass and ride me. <laughs> you require transport. Wow. I like pretty aggressive. I know, but Spencer says, uh, guess my life can't get much worse. Dude, you're 12. It's going to get, gonna get worse. worse. It's going to get worse. But I got bad news for you. I don't know. They keep calling him a biotic host. Biotic host. Yeah. Biotic. Biotic. That's a, that's a word. <laughs> There's probiotics, and antibiotics. There's not a biotic host. That is a small boy from Jurassic Park climbing into a suit's butthole. I think that's the movie. That was the pitch. That's <laughs> we got. We could either go with Osmosis Jones. We could go with Scar, uh, Star Kid. <laughs> Why don't we do both? We'll have one that has actual science, and then we'll have one that has a child crawling up into a suit, a cyber suit's butthole. Oh, can we get the Jurassic Park kid? I don't think he's working. So yeah, we could do that. All right. <laughs> Try Star Pictures. Great. Let's sign another one. He gets into the suit, and the suit closes up around him. It like seals up. He's got a shitload of headroom in this suit. Oh yeah. This thing, this, I, and then, I mean, if you want to date the movie, well, oh, I also thought the suit looked like a putty from yes, <laughs> Power yes, Rangers. It absolutely looked like a putty. <laughs> That's what I was trying to place that whole yeah. time. You know how when the Power Rangers had their movie and they all got like the weird metallic-y armory suits instead of the spandex ones? Nope, but keep going. It's like that, okay. but for the putties. <laughs> oh, all right. Metallic. It's, it's like if the putties got upgraded suits in the movie. That works. And then- this was the part of the movie I realized that uh, we're going to be inside this this cyber suits. Let's call him Psy. We don't know his name Psy yet. We don't know his name is Psy yet. We're going to call him Psy. So They're going to call easier. him Psy. Psy. Um, sad part that I learned that. The camera's going to be inside Psy's head a lot. A and lot. we're going to get a shitload of close-ups of this kid. We're definitely getting a lot of Joe. It's a ton of right up in your face, just close-ups. You think John Favreau saw this movie? I think so. Because I have a feeling... There's a lot of headroom in that Iron Man suit. <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe he got the, his inspiration from somewhere. From Eddie Cotto? Everyone's got a mentor. John Favreau just loves Star Kid. Imagine that's the case. If he comes out with a memoir later and talks about how this movie was life-changing to him. We're going to date the movie because this this suit, I, I would say, is maybe six and a half feet tall. Yeah. Maybe. I think he, I think they say it's seven feet. Okay. Well, he says, check it out. I'm Shaquille O'Neal. Check it out. I'm Shaquille O'Neal. And then he went to the payphone to call his best friend, 1010220. He saw the Carrot Top commercials, called his best friend, Macy Gray. Bob, we had a baby eats boy. <laughs> and said, check it out. I'm Shaquille O'Neal. Just, just while we're dating this thing. <laughs> I'm Shaquille O'Neal. We get a getting to know the suit montage. Yeah. And this is going to be another trope of mine that I'm picking out here. It's the, I'm an advanced being that doesn't understand things. Because he starts mentioning, oh, that's cool. And then he ends up trying to warm up the warm suit. Up the suit. <laughs> what are you doing? You're going to boil me. Yep. You requested a temperature change. Cool doesn't mean cool. Doc, that's heavy, Doc. This kid. <laughs> What's it have to do with weight, Marty? It's, good, it's one of those. This kid has so much sass. Yeah. For somebody who can't talk to girls. He would make a really good Harry Osborne butler one day. With yeah. With this amount of sass. Yeah. That's true. Absolutely. 
he's going to take this thing for a, a test drive, the suit, to a really 90s version of Magic Carpet Ride by Steppenwolf. It's not by Steppenwolf. And, oh, I could understand that one. The song itself is. This yes. one is not. This is not at all. Do you have the band? I do. Okay. <laughs> it's Edgar Winter. Edgar Winter kicks ass. Edgar Winter's amazing. What happened here? He Frankenstein this thing up. No, he didn't. Because if he Frankensteined it up, it'd be better. Yeah. Because Frankenstein's is, a good-ass song. It's a really good-ass song. This sucks. Here's a quick example of what Edgar Winter should sound like. Why is this the worst cover of Magic Carpet Ride ever? I don't know. And why? I guess this is what they got the rights to. This is what they can license. They should have tried harder. I'm so upset. Why? Because it's Edgar fucking Winter. Yeah, no, it's not great. But right here, it's not. So we get some flippies, some bouncies, some car lifting. Yeah. Your general. Just basic stuff. He's falling over also as he's learning this thing. Yeah. It's realistic. I don't know who's controlling this suit. But also pretty slapstick. Yeah, I'm going to. I run into this issue a couple times with this where Psy seems to be a very intelligent thing. Is Spencer controlling all the motor movements in this thing? Where are his limbs? Are his limbs within the arms of this thing or are they tucked to his side and he's doing it? Because there's also a neural thing that goes into the back of his neck. Right. That he's able to read thoughts, that Psy is able to read like his thoughts and his movements, I guess. Like Doc Ock. What's going on with Spencer and Psy? How does this suit operate? I think... Spencer's probably the primary input, but Psy can override certain things and has Psy overrides everything in this movie all the time. So who knows? Who's really in control? So that makes me wonder, why does he need a host in order to operate this thing when Psy is just going to do whatever the fuck he wants anyway? I don't know. Moving on. Manfred is at home. Apparently his dad works at a a garage or owns a garage, and he's just in this Corvette kind of screwing around on the lift. Sweet Corvette. It's a very sweet Corvette. And I actually got a little, little empathy here for Manfred. I did too. Where it was like he was just a kid pretending. Yeah. It was like another nice little touch. It was it was a little bit of a character development for the bully. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, he's completely screwing up the gearbox of this Corvette. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But still. And his dad's like, how many times have I told you not to mess around with a customer's cars? He's not wrong. His dad says, he's going to drive me to drink. That dad's drinking already. That dad's, that dad's already That drunk. dad's drinking as much as that teacher's fucking students. Simple as that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would assume he's drinking more, but yeah. <laughs> as much as I know what you mean. Fair enough. You're right. This is where this movie takes a big turn for me. Yeah. Where I tried to remain as neutral as I could, but this was just mean. It was. Spencer uses the suit to bully the bully. Which I get. I get why he wants to as a 12-year-old kid or whatever it is, but he starts picking up this car and just spinning it and freaking out Manfred with it. Ends up dropping the car and destroying the car. I mean, the car seems to have fared pretty well. The dad says he destroyed it, but dad's going to fix it up again later. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But Manfred gets out of the car, and then Spencer still uses the suit to scare him, to climb up a shelf of paint. <laughs> As you do. And then Manfred freaks out when he sees the suit and runs, and for some reason, instead of going around the Corvette that just dropped, he climbs over it. He climbs over it, over it, and covers, it, 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 it covers it in paint. Which, I don't know. You know, obviously, that's that's the way you do that. 
you run over the Corvette. Yeah, and this is not a quick scene either. This lasts for a no. good three or four minutes. No, I too. actually wrote that like after he spun the Corvette and dropped it, that could have been the end of it. It should have been the end of it. Should have been. So after he gets paint all over the Corvette, Manfred runs outside. Spencer chases him down again. Yeah, third time. And then he says, he's got Cy saying, you are USAD or USDA choice dead meat. Yeah. He's using his own line on him. Yeah. Which means he should know right there who it is. He should. But he's a kid. He's yeah, dumb. Of course. Spencer picks him up, throws him in the garbage. Yeah. And or then Cy picks him up, throws him in the dump, dumpster. Whatever. Hard to differentiate, but you have to imagine it is Spencer. Or, or, or it's not. I don't know. I really don't know. It's got to be. No, it has to be Spencer. Because when he goes up to the rooftop next, Spencer's going to go up to a rooftop and he says, let's see who else can I abuse. That isn't right. That's a direct quote. This kid's a little, little dick. He is a little dick. There's a billboard on this rooftop. It's for the fall festival. It's for the Crystal Bluff Fall Fair. Oh. October yep. 7th to 15th. They moved it up on the uh, the day, I guess. I don't know. That's a two-week difference. <laughs> Why are they changing it? I don't know. Who's Good for you for finding here? that, by the way. That's an awesome poll. Uh, I was just upset. Fair enough. You like, had your what? tickets. Wait had a your minute. your time planned out at the end of the month to go to this thing, and then- I just wanted to know what time this movie took place. No idea. But it's a superhero movie, so it doesn't time matter. Time doesn't matter. Another trope. Maybe they knew. Maybe Manny Cotto knew. Maybe. While he's up on this rooftop, he also has to explain why bullying is fun. Yeah. I like that Cy asks, why didn't you destroy Turbo? Yeah, and that's why I think that Spencer's in charge of yeah. what's going on here, and that Cy can't really act on his own, I guess. Because it's fun. Because it's fun. This is, a little, this is our hero. A little sociopath. This is our hero. Hey, Dave. Yes, Brian? What do you call a cow with no feet? Ground beef. Fuck this movie. You're supposed to laugh there. That's a joke? That's a joke. You're supposed to laugh. From the, that, you uh, know, he, 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 ha, 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 ho, ho, ho. Those are all Spencer's lines in this movie as he's trying to teach Cy about fun and what's funny. Ugh. Yeah. So then Cy yeah. seems to malfunction at the whole concept of fun. And he's going to blow up. Well, he's going to say he is. Yeah, it seems like he's going to blow Spencer up. Spencer freaks out. Spencer, the kid screams. Just are. Just think Jurassic Park. And then he stops. It's the same stuff. Yeah, he stops. And Spencer's like, hey, you scared the crap out of me. Why'd you do that? I have mastered the concept of fun. For fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is actually a good time to say is that when you uh, oh. when we're looking inside the head yes. of Cy, you get your close up on Spencer. Teeth and all. But then when you flip it, you see the inside of Sai's face talking. Oh, this so you is... see the eyes and you see the mouth talking. So he's talking like to the back of this thing's face. It's the most unsettling thing. It's so unsettling. And there's just like, it looks like somebody threw, remember Gak? Of course. It looks like somebody just threw <laughs> yeah. Gak at the inside of a mask and said, yeah, that's what it looks like. He had a couple of eyes and a mouth. Oh, Nailed it. Oh, man. It's, uh, it's something else. I have mastered the concept of fun. Seems a little bit like Drax. That's sort of Drax-like, isn't it? That's, that's a pretty Draxy line. Yeah. Draxy. Draxy. I like it. Back at Spencer's, his sister is just reading a book on piercing. Body of, piercing of the 90s. <laughs> made easy. This book does not exist. I looked for it. Okay. <laughs> is Danny Masterson Hyde? Is he the Hyde or is he the, that the other one? Yeah, he's Hyde. Okay, so Hyde shows up. Hyde shows up in the in the window. He's got, a, he's got himself a, a motorcycle. Yeah. Paid for it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and he wants to take Stacy out for a ride, and she says she's got to watch it for the fungus. Got to watch the fungus. Babysitting the, the fungus. The brother. Seems like she's pretty easily swayed. Yeah, because she just does it. She's like, she ah, just leaves. Fuck it. And then 
We go to the fall fair. We go to the fall fair. <laughs> and who knows what day it is? Because apparently the fall fair happens twice in October. You got me. Maybe they take a break to reload the fall fair? Because there's fireworks going off constantly. They, you have the fastest Ferris wheel I've ever seen yeah, at this thing. Obscenely fast. And while it's fall fair, Spencer's going to stalk his crush. He sure is. He's like, oh, let's find Michelle. How does no one see this seven foot tall gray alien suit walking around behind seven everything foot with blue eyes? Alien How is no one seeing this? Sauntering around the fair. This is a lot like a Max Shrek running away from the gang that's surrounding him situation. Yeah. It yeah. just like, doesn't make sense. How do you any not notice this thing? Sense. Psy is all like, oh, you want to mate with her? Yep. And Spencer's like, whoa, I just like her. So, like, he kind of wants to mate with her. Kind of wants to mate with her. And then Psy is going to hack his brain and get and see a memory a image memory. of, of this of Michelle, Michelle girl. And then he starts scanning, trying to find Michelle in this crowd. I have a nomination I want to throw out. Oh, goody. For the Mark Stevens shots at a war for creepiness. <laughs> I want to nominate Spencer. <laughs> Spencer. And Psy. It's a tag team effort. And therefore, they're going to get nominated for, they're not horny, but they're not not horny. They're not together. Not. <laughs> One of them definitely wants to mate with this little girl. Yeah, it's so creepy. It's very creepy. But he's also a little boy, so... Okay. I don't know. He I finds, don't know. He finds this Michelle girl, but at the same time, the suit targets the guy dressed as a dragon, like a, a mascot. Yes. And he starts throwing... He detects a hostile biotic. Yeah, and he, I guess, goes through his own database and finds something that's similar to it, and then starts throwing... I don't know what he throws at it. What is it? I don't know either, but the screen here where yeah. it identifies this hostile biotic, you know what the name of this species is? What? It's a Barnai. A Barnai. Barnai. Barney. Oh, fuck off, movie. It's Barney. Fuck off, movie. Come on. A mind control droid from Planet Dupa. But this thing is. <sighs> God damn it. Yeah. I thought you, of all people, Mr. Pause and Read the Stuff, would. Would have seen that. I tried to pause as little as I could. I understand. <laughs> so, I, understand. I don't have to tell you. Good for you. Barnai. He, he throws these sparks at him. I don't know. For being a, a very intelligent organism who wants to destroy this thing, he misses every single shot. Every shot. Every one of them. And Although, the, he the does suit kind of melts off of the suit. suit. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't hurt the guy. Melts off the suit. It's just a guy in there. Then he starts shooting up the whole fair like a maniac. Yeah, and he starts just yelling, Target acquired. Target acquired. What are you targeting? Target acquired. Nothing. He's firing at will. And it feels like the way that they're doing it with the music behind it, it's like this is supposed to be some sort of like charming, I'm Psy and I'm learning type right. situation. It, no, no, it's not. He no. is committing mass murder here. Yeah, it's it's not endearing. It's not it's endearing. It's terrifying. At all. So he, he shoots the... Um, the Ferris wheel. The Ferris wheel. Yeah, and the Ferris wheel breaks. On. Yeah, Michelle's on this because there's Michelle four characters in the movie. She and her friend Mika and the other one. Sure. They don't matter. No. They, they really don't matter. They don't. So then Cy and Spencer decide that they need to go save Michelle, and they rip open the Ferris wheel door and save him, and the friend takes a picture of him on whatever on, camera. It must be a camera because there were no picture phones. Then. Yeah. Nothing. But remember, they remember say camera phones when people were like, oh, man, I need to get a camera phone. I remember because I had a razor yeah. back in the day. Where that thing flipped open. Oh, they put cameras on phones now? Yeah, you could have a picture on the front of it. And that was like next? kind of a big thing. And it's like, oh, you can see who's calling you, but barely because it's six pixels. <laughs> so it's like, oh, Red Blob is calling me. Red Blob. Hi, Dad. Oh, hey, Red <laughs> I don't Blob. know. <laughs> Spencer says, you know, saving people is a lot more fun than scaring them. 
Is this supposed to be his turn? I guess this is this is development. Come on. That's so weak. To which Cy replies, are you sure this isn't a mating ritual? It's so bizarre. I can't tell who's more horned up. I don't know. I really don't know. Is it Cy or is it Spencer? Cy just wants to watch. But Cy would have to do? I don't. I don't know. I don't know don't how know. any of this works. Like I'm the, not going to think about it. They're kids. They're kids. They're, don't think they're about children. it. They're children. Oh, my don't God. Don't think about yeah. it. Cops Stop are here. It. Stop it. Cops are here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean in the movie. Not... In the movie. In the movie. And Cy apparently has rollerblades on his feet to yeah. get out of there because 90s. Because 90s. Also, alien technology, everybody knows the fastest way out of a situation. Of course. Wheels on your feet. Duh. Duh. The worst part was, you want to know what's worse than seeing butt cheeks standing? It's butt cheeks skating away. Butt cheeks skating away. Um, it's prominent. It's real prominent. Spencer says, we got to hit the road. And Cy goes, we must strike the asphalt. <laughs> and it's it's kind of adorable. That's actually a lot of Optimus Prime right there in my mind. Oh, yeah. Big time, actually. It's just, uh, that was charming. They never go over how to stop the okay. rollerblades. Sure. Cy ends up running into a tree. Now, in this tree, there's a cat. Okay. Now, this cat. Yeah. Let me tell you about this cat. This is a famous cat. I don't know. Okay. But what I do know is if you're searching on Google Images for various images from this movie, as I do when I'm putting together this cheat sheet that Dave mentioned earlier, you don't come across a lot of characters from this movie, but you do find three pictures of this cat. Why? And you know why? <laughs> it's because there's a website called cinemacats.com. You're kidding me. That has a whole compendium of cats in movies. And they have a whole article complete with three photos of this cat from this two-second scene. So if you're ever curious about cats in movies... That's insane. They have a whole index. Just name a movie that has cats in it. I know a few people who would just die knowing that that exists. I imagine it's pretty in-depth, too, because Star Kid is on it. That's an extremely deep dive. From feline film stars to kitty cameos. <laughs> is that their tagline? It is. I love it. They have a whole index, movies A to Z. Reminds me of one of my buddies who has a shirt. It's a tank top. It has a little kitty in the water going up after a swimmer. And instead of jaws, it says pause. Nice. I feel like they'd sell that on that site. Absolutely. It's terrific. But yeah, they have indexes of movies, animated movies, animated shorts, short subjects, documentaries, music videos, television and web series, and special features. You know that Matrix cat. Deja Vu cat? That's got to be on there. It's got to be like the cat. cover. Their entry for The Matrix, 1999, starring Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, and Carrie Ann Moss, has a cat out of the bag alert. This, <laughs> this review contains a slight spoiler for the movie. That's a cat out of the bag. Cat out of the bag alert. Wow. So they give a very, very brief synopsis of the movie, and then a whole paragraph about the kitty cameo okay <laughs> that's nuts at one point neo and the rebels including morpheus and trinity are on a mission as they walk up the staircase in a dilapidated building neo happens to see a black cat walk by the doorway a moment later the same black cat walks past the same doorway in the exact same oh, way must, must be deja vu. i know deja vu neo comments that he just experienced deja vu which tips the team off that they are inside the matrix then there's a picture of the cat of course and then a final musing. <laughs> Cats can give us clues about what's happening around us, if only we pay attention. Would you like to know what the final musing was? I would love to. <laughs> For Star Kid. Please. First, I'll tell you this their scene description. 
In one scene, Spencer, who's inside the cyber suit, is at the fair and they have to leave in a hurry after some unintended destruction. <laughs> the cyber suit zooms away. An orange and white cat is seen sitting in a tree. The tree jerks from a sudden impact, the cyber suit running into it off screen, and the cat is shaken off the branch. The cat then drops to the ground and runs away. Final musing, cats don't like having their day disrupted with space stuff. Who the hell's writing this? I don't know, but I love them. I do too. What a cool find. Good for you. Shout it out again. Cinemacats.com for all of your film feline needs. I love it. After we get our our cat cameo, we get a call back to Spider-Man 2. Pizza time! Pizza time! There's Pizza Man from Rico's Pizza, and he's got a flat tire. Rico's. He gets the tire off of the car and then eats the pizza that's he's on like there? He's like 30 minutes, yeah, right. And then he just eats this customer's pizza. Yeah, it doesn't even try putting this tire back on. No, he's like, I like give that. up. Yeah. Then another thing crash lands. Yeah. Off in the distance. It's all all spiky, I guess. 40 minutes in, I think we're starting to get a plot. We, we may finally be getting one. Maybe. And this pizza guy's just going to drive off without his tire on the car. Oh, yeah. It's all slidey. Well, this spiky, slimy, gremlin-looking Power Rangers villain. With vagina eyes. With vagina eyes. It's got vagina eyes. You're right. I didn't notice the vagina eyes. The vagina eyes. They're not great. I wrote, I don't know how he sees out of them. And then later on in the movie, I realized he doesn't. He, doesn't. <laughs> so, he daredevils with them. Pretty much. There. We have a villain. We did it. We did it. We got him. He's on Earth. Spencer's going to get home with... In, he's it's still inside. Still inside the cyber suit. Yeah. And he does he does tell Cy, uh, no shooting things unless I say Simon says. Of course, because he's a child. We get it. I like that he lifts this window very, very carefully. Yeah. To sneak inside the house. And it then still Cy breaks it. <laughs> bursts through the entire yeah. window. Classic. Yeah. And then he starts giving like a tour of his room. He starts giving tour, like oh, Cy, yeah. he's pointing at like, that's this. This is this. This is this. Whatever. That's a poster of the thing. Kind of looks like my sister. Ah, ha, ha, But then, of course, Cy picks up the one picture frame that we saw earlier. Oh, yeah. It's an Iron Man's heart situation here. We just, you knew it would come back. And wee-oo, wee-oo. Dead parent alert. We have dead parent confirmation. It's, she died two years ago. She got sick. She got sick. That's it. So in this picture, you see a whole family with just fishing gear and whatnot. Spencer makes a comment of, like, I would love to see her one more time, to which Cy hacks his brain again. Brain and, hack. And you start seeing in the image in front, and he just kind of shows him his mom again, which is a very, very sweet moment. It is. I actually wrote, it's an emotional scene, and Joe Mazzell acts the hell out of it. When yeah. you realize he's just a good job. sitting on a stool looking at a camera. Is that what he was doing in production? Yep. All right. They actually, somebody interviewed him after the movie premiered and said, you got to be a superhero in a cyber suit. That was fun, right? And he's like, no. <laughs> I sat on a stool and looked at a camera for the entire time. There's a stunt guy in the suit. Wow. So, he, you know, easy paycheck. Good for yeah. you, Joe. Good for you. I bet you'd kill for work like that now. Doesn't have to. He's still getting jobs. No, but I mean, to just sit on a stool. Oh, well, yeah, because, I mean, now he's doing things yeah so spencer realized that he's starving to which Cy says you are not <laughs> like yeah. parents i'm almost <laughs> yeah you are not they go downstairs into the fridge and he's very gently opening the fridge door of course hilarity is going to ensue because why wouldn't it side detects hostile microbiotics in the fridge yes i can't pronounce the the actual names but basically staph infection and botulism are in his fridge well single daddy's got to clean that out 
Yeah, definitely. They haven't lived there that long. No, you shouldn't have any. Maybe the old owners left it. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Botulism. Yeah, no, that's medieval. Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> so, of course, Sai's going to get stuck in the fridge. Well, yeah. Of course. And he lifts the fridge above his head as he's stuck in it. And this is why I don't know who's in charge of the suit. Again, because you got to figure that if Spencer's in the suit, he knows he's fucking up his kitchen, he's going to stop. Right. He's going to figure the situation out. Instead of spinning in circles. And running through a wall with his fridge on your head and ruining this entire home. I don't know who's listening to who. I really don't. Yeah, you're right. It's a strange thing that's never addressed. But again, I feel like this is meant for, you know, children and not adults who are looking to poke holes in everything. Definitely. So what are you going to do? This house gets absolutely destroyed. It's a mess. Yeah. And instead of cleaning it up, they go to Burger World. Well, yeah, you got to go to Burger World. Stacy and Kevin are on the motorcycle, and Stacy says, he's a, oh no, Kevin says, he's just a kid. What could happen? Yeah, of course. At Burger World, they order their food. Must have been the fast food employee's first day, because she put the food on the counter before taking the money. And he just jacks the bag of of food and leaves an IOU. I like to note that a Nebula burger, Saturn fries, and a moonshake cost $4.16. 1998 Oh, to live in 1998-ish, again. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds about right. Inflation, man. Yeah. Inflation. I actually questioned how he was going to eat this thing because he's in the suit. Right. And Cy, this is where we learn that his name is Cy, what he decides to call him. Yeah. Cy puts it into his mouth, Cy's mouth, and into a container that we see in front of Spencer's like face in close up again. Yeah. And it grinds up this burger and then pulls it down and turns it and just removes all the things that don't matter and then puts it back in and puts it into a tube. For Spencer Insert to eat. nourishment into food processing receptacle. Yep. And then Spencer gets it shot into his mouth. It, and he says. He gets pushed into his yeah, mouth. Yeah. And he says, I'm eating a cyber suit turd. Yep. That's probably the line of the movie. Might be the line of the movie. I'm eating a cyber suit turd. Yeah. And one of what's worse is, is that-, that he learns that he can't exit the suit right after this because he has to pee. Yep. It. Oh. And apparently he's not allowed to exit until the mission is complete. And that's testing the suit in a combat situation. You need to engage in a field this is a combat, combat suit. situation. So there you have it. There it is. Subplot this late in the movie. <laughs> we got to learn the reason for why all this is happening. So then, of course, we have to have an entire chunk of this movie dedicated to Spencer needing to pee. Spencer has to pee. And now we're going to focus on that for a long And now he's time. not a 12-year-old. He hasn't drank in this thing. Right. He shouldn't be skipping about and crossing his legs and all this stuff. Oh, he starts bouncing like yeah, like a six-year-old, like a four-year-old, whatever yeah. it is, like a ch- an absolute child, not a yeah. I, I I don't get it. But side note, this uh this alien that crash landed near the pizza guy has got some weird like bio drone bug that he pulls off his body and is yeah. hunting down the suit. This is all happening. Yeah, it feels at like the same everything time. on this guy's on the bad guy's body is like alive, removable, or and be yeah. alive. Yeah. While this is happening, Spencer's sister gets home. The house is destroyed. Of course, the dad honks the horn as he pulls in because that's what dads that's do. That's what dads do. I remember my dad did that all the time. It was when I got in when I was in trouble. Yeah. Uh, either way, Spencer has to pee. So naturally, he's going to go to Miss Holloway's house, the Ms. teacher. Miss Holloway. Because uh, why wouldn't you? Because the relationship wasn't already a little sketchy. It's about to get extremely sketchy. Oh, it sure is. She hears something downstairs and she's grading papers and watching Lost in Space. Lost in Space. Which is pretty neat. It I was. like that a lot. I don't know. Does she live in this huge house alone? It seems like it. She's a miss. I get that. She's but this a is a big house for a teacher, and she seems pretty young. I like that B9 says, danger, right as she hears something happening. Yeah. 
yep. elsewhere. And she goes down with her tennis racket. Oh, yeah. She sees Cy down there, and I guess Spencer switches on his voice to it, and then they both faint. He sneaks up behind her. Right. And covers her mouth. Oh, I forgot all about that. In what is... I mean, these two are still in the running for the Mark Steven Johnson Award for sure. It's possible. It's really, you know what? It's I mean, gonna be, that's worse than what Daredevil did. It's much worse. And it's about to get much worse also. Sure is. <laughs> it's about to get much, much worse. They both faint at the same time. Time out. Cy does have a place to expel urine in the suit. Did I miss it? It's right below his neck. How's he supposed to do with that? <laughs> I am more and more curious about the anatomy of these three-foot goblin aliens. Yeah. They got a little penis neck. They got a little penis neck. Sometimes you just got to pee out the neck. I don't know. Maybe they're they're boning up these brood warriors. That's what we learned the bad guys, the brood warrior. Yep. Maybe they're boning up their eyeballs, their vagina eyes. I don't know. It's that high. I, I, Why are they fighting? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like they... Never mind. If only we had like a prequel comic to explain all this. That wasn't <laughs> extremely difficult to find. <laughs> So, yeah, she sees the kid in a robot. She passes out. Yep. He thinks he killed her, so he passes out. Yeah, then they both wake up with a really annoying camera angle that's, like, turned on its side, and it gets up. It's like a rocky angle of them getting up yeah. when they get up side by side. I, it doesn't matter. And then they start if talking. If he had to pee so bad yeah. that he was wiggling around that much, how did he not piss himself when he passed out? I don't know. Just let a rip, kid. You're in a cyber suit. You're right? in your pants. That's why I don't know where anything is inside body-wise. But as it goes on, Miss Holloway, because she's so good at science, she's a science lady, I guess, She's the best science teacher in the world. Of course. She says so. Yes. That's how we know it's true. But she says that she'll help him because Spencer's using his voice now right. to go out of it. And Miss Holloway starts poking around uh, size crotch groin, groinal area there. She's trying to unlock his crotch flap. Yeah, to help a 12-year-old penis yep. get out so he can urinate. She's totally going to sleep with a suit at one day. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. 100%. It's it's a matter of time. Also, when they finally get that crotch flap opened up and and Spencer can go pee, watching a child pee in close-up is so uncomfortable. His face, his relieved oh, face. Oh, his face. I was like, what are you? I'm I, still having nightmares I about this. I, I watched this nights this ago. Movie. <laughs> nope. Yeah, there's an extended cut of this movie um, that shows. What ugh. about Miss Holloway's face when she gets the flap open? Not great. She's like, oh. She looks away real quick. Hey there, sailor. <laughs> One <Jeez>. of those. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, you're right. The the relief face. Not great. Is yeah. Also, it's not Which great. Which means he did a great job acting. I guess so. Got a reaction out of it. me. I believed it. What's not great, though, is when brood warriors show up to your teacher's house, and now you have to fight. Yep, because the drone found them. Yeah. I really like the hand morphing. You watch the hands of the brood warrior morph into, like, this weapon. Yeah. It's very cool looking. It is neat. It looks pretty good, too. Pretty well done for 1990-something. Yeah. For $12 million. <laughs> yeah. For nothing. Yeah. For no money. Basically. Spencer's going to fight this thing. Teacher's house is going to get all wrecked up now. Yep. That's the thing. We're she the calls house. the cops, by the way. She calls the cops. That's so reasonable to do in this situation. I completely agree. Thank God there's somebody doing something that makes sense in this movie. Sort of. The cops don't cop. Nope. They don't show up. As far as I know, they don't show up. I don't ever seen them. I don't either. But she also leaves because after after they're fighting, Sai is kicking this brood warrior through walls again. Yep. Brood warrior just keeps coming back. He's coming back. And then eventually Spencer's just going to fuck off. He gets yeah. out of there. Just leaves this. And then uh, there's a, a Wrath of Khan thing going on with brood warriors like, Gah! out in the middle of the yard. <laughs> His teacher, Miss Holloway, is 50 feet behind him still in that house. Completely dangerous situation. Right. 
that felt a lot like a, I'm going to bring it back to Spider-Man 2. Peter Parker, he takes pictures of him. You can go find him, Doc Ock. By the way, don't hurt Peter. Oh, yeah. P.S. Don't hurt Peter. Putting it's- these people in danger for no reason. Also, it takes Cy so long to get his first shot off in this fight because Spence forgot he didn't say Simon Says. No, he did not. His own rule. We end up at this lake. This lake side. I don't know what this is all about. There's a big old exposition dump explaining what a brood warrior is. I didn't catch any of it. Did you? It was a lot. Yeah, side basically tells the whole backstory of the brood warriors and their war with the Trelkins and that the brood warriors likely mission is to find and destroy Psy. Okay. Makes sense. I guess, yeah. But then he immediately says, oh, he's going to reverse engineer me. Completely changes the story. Yeah. The next sentence. Yeah. Spencer, being the hero that he is, says, I got to get out of this thing. Yeah. I fulfilled your mission, the parameters of it. We, we fought. We engaged in combat. We did it. And then uh, Psy op- opens up his butt and out comes uh, Spencer. And Spencer climbs out of his butt. Yep. So Spencer has it out with Psy on the shoreline of this lake, I guess. And, said, and he just, I don't know, he leaves. Spencer leaves. Spencer. At this point, I realize there's 40 minutes left in this movie. Yeah. How'd that happen? We have not seen a thing yet. We barely have a story happening right now. What are we going to resolve when we haven't set anything really up? We just met the Brood Warrior. We don't. We understand why the Brood Warrior is there, but we don't care. Right. It's. And then they shoehorn in. It seems in. like he's they, just going to. Yeah, they shoehorn in that the Brood Warriors are going to take over Earth because Psy is there now. Right. So I guess now Spencer knows so that. Now, so yeah, now there's stakes, I guess. I guess there's stakes, but there's only four people who know about these stakes. How, right. how stakey is that when it comes to it? Medium rare. I would call it rare, <laughs> if anything. Medium, okay. I would say the town is in danger. So I don't know. There's nothing happening here. Well, that's not going to stop the Brood Warriors from coming and taking over the whole planet, though. That's true. While this is happening... We do get a, a short scene at Manfred's house. His dad is pissed about the Corvette. He killed it, as he says. It's like a, cl- a customer's car. It's yeah. not even theirs. So, yeah. yeah, not even theirs. His dad works at the shop. He doesn't believe Turbo for a second that he got attacked by an alien robot. Correct. And he says, Manfred is USDA choice dead meat. How about that? And Turbo has an aha moment. He knows who it is. He knows who it is. Six. All this is taking place in the span of a day. This is all happening in one night. Either in early October or late October or early November. Who knows? There's Either no way, way to know. <laughs> this is one day one in this day. movie. How? I don't know. I don't know either. Because it's all happening after school. Yeah. It's the after school special. They didn't have their, no, they totally could have had their Fox kids. They just went home and turned on the TV. Right. Watched that Batman the animated series. Would have been great. Yeah. But instead he's got to explore junkyards. He's a junkyard boy. I get it. So stand by me. London, uh. Challenge the dog? I don't know. Sure. I don't know how any of this works. Back at Spencer's house, sex teacher pops up. She's there. (laughs) There's a missing persons report filed, and the dad suddenly cares. Yeah. Just like that. Absentee dad says, oh, no. Wait a minute. Miss Holloway's trying to explain to them what happened. Yeah, about the aliens invading and all that stuff. aliens and the suit and the blah. And Stacy and Roland are like. Roland's the dad. You're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, lady. Yeah. What are you talking about? Pretty much. But what I found was weird was that event. I mean, Spencer's going to show up at the door. That's fine. Yeah. Because now he's there all of a sudden. Right. And then the dad is kicking out Spencer and he's kicking out the sister. Yeah. He's trying to get that one-on-one time with Miss Holloway. Right. Who he thinks is crazy. But. Crazy like a fox. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's no student, but. <laughs> Not her type. No, I don't know. Not her type Not her type. 30 years too old. 
<laughs> gross. That is real gross. <laughs> so he sends Spencer to his room. Yeah, of course. And while he's up there, Spencer, I guess. He has a, a oh. talk with his sister. And she says, right. mom used to say, think of someone you really admire and ask yourself what they would do in that situation. Yeah. So he looks over his pile of comic books and sees the Midnight Warrior. And you know what the Midnight Warrior would do? Go fuck his teacher. He'd, he'd go save the day. I was close. All right. So Spencer sneaks back out. We hear his footsteps going across the ceiling. We, the camera pans across the ceiling. We see it. The dad's looking up at the ceiling and knows that Spencer is has jumped out a window. But he goes sorts, upstairs. But he goes up the stairs <laughs> anyway to check. And Miss Miss Holloway goes with him to check because now we're in a, a Spider-Man situation of everyone needs to go into this room to check to see what it was. Right. Yeah, Spencer's gone. Yeah. Simple as that. Spencer's he, gone. He took off. Once he's outside, I don't know how far down the street he got. But Manfred's waiting for him. Good old Turbo is there why waiting is, for him. Why is Manfred waiting behind this bush knowing that Spencer's going to walk by? I don't know. And what's weirder about this is the motivation behind Manfred at this point. Because he gets there and he says, we got to talk. And then they start throwing fisticuffs at each other. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Spencer can fight. Yeah. But then at the same time, well, Spencer landed a shot. Oh, no. Spencer, he ice creamed him. So right. say, Manfred landed the shot earlier. But Spencer's fed up and he punches him out. Fine. And then Manfred, I guess, is his bud. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, just like kid, that. This kid can fight back. I guess we'll hang out. Yeah. Maybe we'll fuck the teacher together. I don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if Miss Holloway taught us about the Eiffel Tower? Oh, how nice would that be? <laughs> <laughs> Think of it as a really gnarly fart. <laughs> <laughs> While they're becoming best buds, this flying weird spider thing that the bird warrior pulled off its back has spotted them. Yeah. Has examined them and question hung mark? for a long time yeah but then it leaves and then all of a sudden spencer realized oh it knows it's at the lake how which i don't know how nothing's explained about why we know this thing can read minds or what why i know it's at the lake i don't know how does he know it's related to sigh at all spider drunk can read minds i guess so i i really don't know spencer says that he needs help from manfred so naturally they're going to steal the corvette together it wasn't the corvette that they stole it was a different Corvette. This one had stuff on it, like stickers and whatnot. It wasn't a Corvette. What was it? His dad had a race car. Just straight up. I thought it was the Corvette. Straight up race car. All right. Well, they steal it. Either way. Because, yeah. And Manfred's driving this thing like he was when this thing was parked, and he's just going crazy. <laughs> yeah, Miss Holloway and, and Roll and the dad are, are out there looking, and they get passed a couple times by this race car. <laughs> and it's just driving by, and like, ah! Spencer's dad's reactions are the best. Yeah. They go to the lake. Yeah. Sai's not there. Oh, no. He done got got it. He's not in the spotlight of lighting that was there at the lake where he was standing and <laughs> Spencer yelling in his best, there's a raptor behind me voice. <laughs> couldn't figure it out. Sigh, sigh. I don't give a shit. Uh, they take off again. I don't, I don't know where they're going. Back to the junkyard, I guess. But I, guess. I don't know what makes them want to go back to this junkyard. The cops are going to try copping. And they're going to try to pull over this Corvette. They're going to they're gonna chase after this race car. Doesn't work. It's the shortest chase scene ever. It is, because the cop just crashes into an above-ground pool. Crashes into an above-ground pool. Yeah. Why? Don't know. Because they had money that day. There was no evasive maneuver or anything. Just Nothing. There was nothing. The cop was just like, oh, there's a pool. Yeah, I'm going to go drive into that. <laughs> the most amount of fun you can have in an above-ground pool. That is the most amount of fun. <laughs> yep. So as they're still racing the street in this race car... They drive past Spencer's dad yet again, again, and you hear Spencer's just yell in the car going by. Yeah. And I guess that was the dad going, oh, that's Spencer. Oh, Spencer's in there. That's how they identify him, though. Like, I guess we'll follow More or less. wherever he's going. Yeah. They end up at the junkyard, and they arrive. How do they know I don't, to go to the junkyard? I, I'm not quite sure. And we'll talk about that 
coming up. Okay. That's we'll get there. All right. We get to the junkyard. I'm gonna call this final fight. Yeah, it, it's and definitely there's a final fight. About 30 minutes left of this movie. Yeah. Which is bananas. Absolutely. This final fight is broken up into a couple segments. They spend some time on it. They really, really do. Turbo says he's humongous. I bet he doesn't even work out. Turbo's not wearing his backwards hat anymore. No, he's not because he's not a bully anymore. He's not a bully anymore. anymore. He's a friend-ish. Subtext. How about that? And my question here was, so brood warriors. Yeah. We see vagina eyes over here. Yep. He's cruising around doing whatever it is he does. He pulls shit off himself and that shit becomes alive and- I don't know how Brood Warriors work still, and I watched this it's, thing. Yeah. We need that prequel comic. Is this just a normal Brood Warrior, or is this like a boss Brood Warrior? They never say. No, they don't, and that's why I wonder how dangerous is a, like, boss Brood Warrior. Right. I mean, this is a big boy. I mean, this a, is the guy alien. they sent to retrieve the suit, so I imagine they sent somebody with the capabilities. I don't know about that, because, I mean, Invader Zim, they sent him to Earth as a joke. I get that. But at the same time... They still send them to Earth in order to learn about it. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who they send. Still got to do the job to scout it out. Well, his job is to retrieve the suit. Yeah, but do you think they knew that the suit was there? Or well, they knew it was a the lucky suit, shot? They knew the suit was a weapon. Yeah. But how did the Brood Warrior track the suit? That's a good question. Do you think they sent just uh, someone to every planet? Because now all of a sudden they're going to take over this planet Earth. Well, I don't know. Maybe they were like, follow that space thing. But it got hit by a rock. We'll follow it anyway. <laughs> Tell us where it lands. Because he did, he landed, what, half an hour after the other one? In time of this movie? An actual it movie was within, time. It was within probably, I would call it two hours. Yeah. Within two hours. Within two hours. Same night. Same night. This Brood Warrior is not spending a lot of was, Earth time. I was yeah. going to say, within the next 14 hours, but the same night. Roughly. Because <laughs> this, this night is about three days long. Without a doubt. <laughs> Either way, the Brood Warrior is going to capture the bully. As the bully distracts him. Yeah. Because the bully's on board with trying to help out now. To which Cy and Spencer say, it's head crushing time. They're going to fight back. Cool. They, they catch the engine as it's about to yeah, crush Yeah, as about to turbo. crush Turbo. They threw an engine in the air. And they got yeah. that, that Thor entrance. Of course. With the Avengers theme in the background. I forgot to clap. Uh, That's the only difference here. Nicholas Pike here. Who? That's the composer. Nicholas Pike. He, um... No middle name, huh? Nicholas Blanking Pike. I don't know. Nope. <clears throat> no. No. <laughs> this song, it actually almost does the Avengers thing, where it's like, it's a we're, similar sounding- we're 14 years before the Avengers. I know. But it's like, it, it, the theme of it, it just never goes up to that high point, that like, the part where you're like, oh yeah. The part where you're just like, fuck, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, the Avengers. It's- it never does the top part. It just do you stays think down in do the think ominous it, tones. Do you think it stays in the ominous tones because it was done by an ominous symphony orchestra? Because it was done by the Munich Symphony Orchestra. Was it really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, if you go off of stereotypes of German folk. But they're terrific. Yeah. They're a very good symphony orchestra. Yeah. But at the same time, I hear what you're saying. It's almost there, but Nicholas Pike does not deliver. No. And one of us doesn't deliver? Who? Spencer and Cy, and a car that drops on the Brood Warrior. Uh, and good segue. Kills him? Hopefully. It doesn't. I know. He's not dead. He leaps about 100 feet in the air through the car, whatever it is. And that's when Turbo's like, all right, this was fun. Bye. Good luck, amigo, is a line. <laughs> <laughs> amigo? Yep. How far we've come since this morning. Crazy, huh? When he was kicking him off the yeah. blacktop. Yeah. So Spencer starts getting his ass kicked. 
Sai's gun arm is still broken from the fight at the teacher's house, so he can't use it. So he's like, I can do a shield. Let's do a shield. Let's do a shield. And I do a shield. doesn't work. Turbo's still hanging out. Turns that other hand into a hammer, though. Sledgehammer. That's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Even even uh, Spencer was like, oh, I could work with that. Yeah. I like that a lot. And the whole time, the bully didn't really leave. Manfred didn't really leave. He's nope. sitting in a car. Watching. Watching. Watching it all go down. I don't blame him. Looks pretty cool. Right? I'd probably hang out and check it out, too, but not be part of it. Yeah, but the Brood Warrior is going to grab Psy, and they're going to they're gonna go a billion feet in the air, roughly? Roughly a billion. About a billion? About a, about a billion. <laughs> they go up there. <laughs> and when they land on the ground, again, they're just fighting. I don't know what's happening while they're in the air. There's nothing. There's a lot of close-ups. They just go up. And, and they come on down. Da- back down. And when they land, the camera's upside down. It is. For some reason. <laughs> and then it does a flippy. And then it does a flip. The camera does the flippy. The and they're right side up. It was like, what can we do to make this more interesting? Right. This. We'll flip the camera. Beats me. They're trying, I guess. And then with almost, I'm going to call it no effort, Psy gets knocked out. Because yeah. this is what makes me think that he's not a, a suit, like a robot type thing. He's an actual organism. He gets knocked out. That's true. If he were a robot, you'd have to Well, he went, you'd have to plug in some circuits and whatnot. He went offline. Still, you're going to have to do something to get him back online. Right. He's not Wi-Fi enabled or whatever. I don't know. Either way, you're not troubleshooting Psy. <laughs> Brood Warrior is doing a number on him. He starts bashing the hell out of him, breaking open the chest plates and everything like that. Ugh. Going to town. But the electricity that's coming out of this suit right now, it starts electrifying everything around them. Oh, yeah. I don't understand how that works. I'm not going to question it. I don't know. Alien science. Yep. Our buddy Manfred has a little plan up his sleeve. He does. He's going to make a slingshot. Yeah. And fire a... It's a bolt. It might. It's it's a piston, isn't it? Is it? It's something small like that. He it's fires not a piston at the Brood Warrior, thinking, yeah. "Oh, this will work." Yeah, no. I the guy had cars dropped on him. He flew a billion feet in the air, came on down, and he's he's not in a sprained ankle. Well, slingshot a piston at him. Yeah, fine. It was enough to distract him, and then Psy headbutts him into a car. Yeah, and well, Psy got when he got knocked out. He got knocked out fine, but then he got some. He got something dropped on his head again, and it woke him up. And then he headbutts Brood well, Warrior. You know and how now he's totally goes. fine. Get knocked down, I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. That's true. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. Pissing the night away. Carrot Top 10, 10 to 20, Macy Gray Top 11. There it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> so after Sai headbutts the Brood Warrior, he's all he's all dying, I guess, now. Because, you know, he got his chest all ripped open and yeah. all that stuff. He's like... He ejects Spencer. We got serious damage here, Spencer. That's nice. You got to get out of here. You got eject out of my butthole, Spencer. <laughs> People are going to actually <laughs> think he comes out of the I have mastered fun. <laughs> Keep saying it that way. They're actually going to think he comes out of Let the butthole. Let them think it then until they watch it on YouTube. We can get this bad boy up to 10,000 views by a... Oh. We don't have that many listeners. We Maybe we the- do. <laughs> the Brood War is going to start hunting Spencer, though, after he gets ejected. Well, Yeah. And Spencer just starts going slalom style through these. Well, Spencer rows. took a piece of Psy. Yeah. And he's banging on the cars to so get his attention with so, the echolocation. Yeah, but is he hunting the piece of Psy or is he hunting the echolocation? He has what he wants with Psy, who's laying there unconscious at this point. Doesn't um, Spencer cover him up? Covers him up with the card. He uses the old Hulk method and uses car doors to his advantage. Yeah. Okay. Never underestimate the car doors. Yeah. So I don't know how he doesn't see it either way he's just a hunk of metal in a, a yard of metal in a yard of metal but now he's got more metal around i don't know how this works i don't well, know how junkyards work the brood warrior brood can't warriors. see 
Correct. Because it's got those vagina eyes. He has vagina eyes, but when you look at it, it looks like I, I described it as like a mixture of like a magic eye and one of those things where you put your like a bead thing that you put your hand yeah. in at Spencer's yeah, and exactly then your hands on the other side. Are. And that's kind of what it feels like. hundred percent. You can't see shit. No. But every time Spencer bangs that little thing against yeah. the car, he gets a little little finger poking through that that yep, yep. bead <laughs> nonsense. I don't what Either do way, he's, he's hunting down Spencer. Yeah. Birdwar is chasing him. I wrote down here that, that Joe Mazzello's voice annoys the crap out of me. It starts to get a little grating. It's uh, starts? Starts. Starts? Yeah. Like half an hour in. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, because of his annoying ass voice, I'm assuming, not because he's banging shit. That's what it is. is. That the Brood Wars like, gonna I find gotta him. kill this. It thing. finds him. Backs him into a corner. He backs him into a corner. And this RV. Yeah, but Brood Warrior's going after Spencer. Spencer says that Psy is his now. So Psy is property? I don't know. Here he's an intelligent being, question mark. But whose property? I I I just I don't un, I don't understand how this all plays out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember that part. And he doesn't really back him into a corner so much as he backs him into a van, a large work van. It's an RV, I thought. It, I don't think it is. No? No, I think it's- They're a, not breaking bad? They're not breaking bad. Uh. Nope. And this van happens to be, this work van happens to be in the middle of a car crusher. Sure is. That Manfred is operating. Yep. He's going to say, hey, on, go get him. Who knew? Go get him, Tiger. <laughs> when you leave the junkyard for the day, you just leave the car crusher operational. No keys. No keys needed. No. None. No kind of security on that. Just hit Nothing a button at all. and it crushes. Yeah. And Spencer has to climb his way out of a very convenient hole, like a, a flap in the ceiling of this thing. That's what made me think it was an, an RV. RV. I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe it's a work truck with a roof flap. Maybe it's an RV with a work flap. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> either way. I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Brood Warrior is not going to get out the same hole. Nope. He gets crushed. Oh. He he gets that last second, grabs Spencer by the foot. By the shoe. By the shoe. Yep. Raise that tension. Did it. No. <laughs> not really. It happened very, very quickly. If the music was better, maybe. Maybe. I can see that. Either way, the cube's going to come out. It's all crushed up. And you see the only thing sticking out of it is the Brood Warrior's hand with yeah. Spencer's shoe. Spencer takes his shoe back. He runs over to Psy. And then there's a, a beam, a purple beam. A purple beam of and light. The, the Hensons are back. They're back. The Hensons. These Mogwai Ewok Yoda they, ETs. Yeah, and they, they walk their way up with their penis necks. I don't know how their anatomy <laughs> works. And they're going to go to Psy, and they're just going to, hey, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, you're alive again. I don't yeah, know. They just start <laughs> they magic them lasering him or something. Sure. I don't know. And Psy's going to pop on up. Is he alive at this point? He doesn't have a host. I don't, I don't know how he moves. Oh, no. they uh, One of them gets inside him. All right, so Henson crawls up into the butthole of the Psy, and they yeah, move it sure. away, and they go into the middle of the beam, and the dad, the creator of the, of Psy. Yeah, whose name I actually wrote down somewhere, but who cares? Yep, he gives him a badge, gives Spencer a badge. Yeah. Saying, hey, good job there, champ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the leader, the, yeah. He gives him a badge, has literally no significance. None. It's like, hey, good job, kid. Yep, and then uh, they go up in their purple beam, and they're gone. Yeah. I don't know. And then, of course, the dad's going to show up. the dad up with, and the teacher and the sister. With sex teacher and this teacher. And they show up at the junkyard, too, because I don't know how they got there. If know. they were following them after they saw Spencer they would in be this there race half car, an hour ago. they would have gotten there so much earlier. Yeah. They get there. Just in time to see the pink beam floating up into the sky. Yeah. And, and the dad runs over to Spencer, and all he says is, let's go home, because he gives a shit about his son. Right. Doesn't, uh, I don't know. What's the point of any of this? 
Roland just says, let's go home. Yeah. Simple as that. Next day back at school, we kind of get a kick-ass scenario in a way where the girl who the crushes Michelle's friend took a picture and now she's selling t-shirts. She's selling t-shirts. She turned that stuff over in a night, presumably. That's amazing that she got all those printed overnight. Very entrepreneurial. Good Good for for her. her. Very good for her. Well, she does say at the fair that when she grows up, she wants to run a successful t-shirt business. Is that what she said? Yep. She had the plan already then. Yeah. All she knew was the image. All she, she got it was the t-shirt image. Of the squished up, oink face, Henson putty nonsense. How do any of these kids know what that's a picture of? I have no idea. Only three people saw this, apparently. Right. I have no idea. This is just an image. I really don't understand. This one <laughs> this one girl is like, I don't have enough money. And they're like, well, maybe ask your parents for more allowance. We're trying to turn a profit here. Hey, man. Good for them. Even Jeff Bezos started somewhere. Sure did. The dad, Roland, drops off Spencer and he says, 3 p.m. sharp, I'll be here. You think he will? No. It's the 90s. <laughs> it's the 90s. No. He's a busy dad. He doesn't seem to give a shit at all about this kid. He's a busy dad. Busy 90s dad. Uh, he says, uh, I guess he won't be late anymore. Is I, I don't, I don't, I really don't know. I don't know. Not sure if it was because baseball games, hook style. I don't know. This is so silly. I don't know. Spencer He's... walks up to Michelle, the crush girl, and he starts talking about comics. He Before had me he does. the whole time. Yeah. Before he does, Turbo's like, break a leg because they're friends now. Oh, they're buds. They're amigos. They're amigos. Yeah. And he starts talking. He had the in the whole time, and now he just uses it. Yep. They start talking about comics before school. How early you get into school to talk about comics? That that time. I don't know. I don't know either. You sit down on the wall and go, so, you like Midnight Warrior? Yeah. That's the line he was practicing when he was walking to Ben and Jerry's. There it is. He nailed it. That's all. That's it. Ben and Jerry. And she says- They're the wingmen. She says, yeah, I do. He totally wants to mate with her. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I got real nervous- because I noticed there were six minutes left of this movie, and we just hit the end credits. This movie has six minutes of credits. By the way, that's that's Star Kid from 1997. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then ish Six minutes of credits! I didn't even notice because what as soon the as the hell? credits started, I was like, okay, I'm done. You turned it off? Oh, yeah. I didn't. And that's uh, the interesting part, is that you have a lot of names. And for some reason, in these credits, as I'm typing up other things in my notes, I look up and I see that the key grip is Tom. And the best boy grip is Bill. And the dolly grip there are no last is names? Tom. There are no last names to these three people for some reason. Tom, Bill, and Tom? <laughs> and I looked it up on IMDb. They're different people. These two Toms? Separate Toms. Different Toms. What the fuck, movie? Why wouldn't you give them last names? I don't know. Absolutely blew my mind. That's insane. What did you think of this movie? When I look at it in context, I don't hate it. I think it's fine for a kid's movie. Especially a superhero movie in the 90s. It's pretty ahead of its time, actually. I think if this movie came out now, yeah, it would do way better. You think so? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because it bombed. Yeah, this was a $12 million budget. Opening weekend, it made $3 million. And its total gross in the U.S. was $7 million. Bombed. Big old bomb. I kind of sit in the same boat as you. Yeah. Where I didn't necessarily like the movie, but it wasn't for me. Right. In 1997, I would have loved this movie. I probably would have really liked it. Yeah. I thought, well, I wouldn't have really liked it. I think I would have been like, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Simple as that. There's, It's not a great movie by any means, but it's there fine. Are, there are a lot of... Uh, well, we look at these things under a microscope. Oh, big time. But when Half you the don't, fun is tearing it apart. Yeah, when you don't look at our microscope, big picture, yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah. Totally fine. Totally fine. Major issues when you dive deeper, but... 
Yeah. But there's also a lot of there's a lot of heart to it. And they they do they focus on stuff that a lot of other superhero movies don't. Correct. So and know. one of the major tropes that I saw with this movie was that it's a kid led movie. Mm-hmm. That's something you don't really see all that much anymore. Like the kid movies that I think of now are more animated based. Yeah. Where you have like Moana, for right. instance, like a teenager who's coming of age, yada, yada, coming of age story. Where even you had like Harry Potter at the beginning of the 2000s of coming of age, yeah. something like that. But in the 90s, you had your very quick coming of age stories. A lot of where you, And a lot of the times you had a kind of almost supernatural event happening in order to bring whatever the story was to fruition. Right. Not not so much with Home Alone or something like that, but that's a kid in power type movie. But when you get something with even The Lion King. Oh, yeah. And you get some, again, I'll bring up Hook because Robin Williams is a kid in that. That's true. When it comes down to it. But you also get Blank Check. You get Richie Rich. Oh, yeah. You get Jumanji because Robin Williams is a kid in that as well, technically. Robin Williams is always a kid at heart. You get your Rookie of the Year. Angels in the Outfield. Angels in the Outfield is another kid-led one like that. If you want to take the Supernatural route again. Indian in the cupboard. Oh yeah! If you want to stay with the Macaulay Culkin route, the Page Master. <laughs> but you get stuff like Casper, which you just don't see anymore. Oh yeah! You don't see these movies There's so many more. You get the Mighty Ducks, which is an ensemble kid oh. movie. You get Little Giants, which uh, yeah, absolutely. Turbo do. was in. What? Say it again. <laughs> oh, Turbo. Joey Simran, who was... played Turbo Bruntley, was in Little Giants. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then one of the last ones I have is that you get some... Oh, Heavyweights was a big one. Of mine. Oh, yeah. Heavyweights is so good. Sandlot. Could they be superheroes? Oh. For our sake, I love Heavyweights. It's tough. It's a stretch. That's it. Does anyone wear stretch? a cape in that movie? Someone flies. Gerald Gardner flies at the end of that thing in the, in the go-kart. We might it's need fact. To, we might need to add it's it. It's a fact. We might need to add it. Then you get the big one for me, which was Small Soldiers. Oh, yeah. Oh, Where you get that so supernatural fun. thing coming in, and then they have it. The 90s were a crazy time for movies. They really, really were. And a lot of stuff I found was based on, like, 90s teen movies, where you're going to have Freddie Prince Jr. and damn near everything. Right. You're going to have your jocks and cheerleaders being the bad guys in damn near everything. You're going to have a weird everyone-can-dance, like, scene <laughs> coming up. But when you even just reduce the age, you have Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen also. Oh, yeah. We're just doing whatever the fuck they wanted to. Right. And even Disney got on board. I mentioned Lion King before, but even Mulan. Wow. It's crazy how the 90s work. So this movie is so many of them set in the 90s so well. Yeah. For, I mean, no one's in it except for Joe Mazzello and no one knows who Joe Mazzello is at this time. They they know everyone in the world knows who is from Jurassic Park. From Jurassic Park. But but he's just the kid from Jurassic Jurassic Park. Park. Right. Right. He's still the kid from Jurassic Park. Yeah. He still is. But now he's also the bassist in Queen. Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird spot that this movie fits in. Yeah. But it has its place. It does have its place. And it's but firmly in the 90s. It's locked in, I would say, 97, 98-ish. Yeah. As this movie doesn't yeah. <laughs> commit to. Somewhere somewhere late 97, early 98, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, we have our thoughts on the movie. Let's talk about another man who has his thoughts on the movie. Oh, well. is it our friend Roger? It's our buddy Roger Ebert. I need to, to set this up for you. Okay. Roger Ebert gave Batman, 1989, our number one... Super stuff score, right. superhero movie. He gave it two stars. I believe it's out of four stars, by the way. Okay. We found that out. I think it is. There's five stars listed. It's out of four stars. It's always out of four. He gave Batman 1989 two stars. 
he gave Spider-Man two and a half stars. Superman, he gave four stars. Ooh. The Incredible Hulk, the Edward Norton yeah. flick, uh-huh. two and a half stars. Oh, wow. Daredevil, he gave three stars. The look on Brian's face suggests, holy shit, these are all over the place. What do you think he gave Starkid? Oh, boy. Uh, I would imagine like one or two stars. How about three stars? Stop it. Yeah, he ranked it higher than Batman, Spider-Man, the Incredible Hulk, and he ranked it the same as Daredevil, still less than Superman. What? Yeah, it's a full three. And what he said was, he saw this on January 16th, 1998, so he saw it after the Singapore release, obviously. Oh. Obviously. Wait, you say January 6th? Yeah. When did Singapore happen? The Singapore released this movie. Oh, it was in like November. Yeah. Gotta get the Singapore Oscar season. Roger says, how would you like to climb inside a glistening metallic superhero suit and be partners with the intelligent cyborg that controls it? Depends. Does it have a butt? I crawl in that butt. I don't know. He, he doesn't talk about the butt. Okay. If you were a shy 12-year-old boy picked on by bullies and your brat of a sister, you'd love it. Starkid develops that fantasy and a lively action movie that young boys may especially enjoy if their innocence hasn't already been hammered down by too much R-rated violence. Wow. Ebert has got his finger on that pulse of this movie. He knows who it's for. Definitely. He knows exactly who this one's for. It's good that he could put himself in that position. Yeah. I guess that's why he's Roger Ebert. He's the number two film critic of all time behind Andre Bazin, I think it was, from Superman. I gotta listen to that episode again to know. I'm not gonna look at the notes. Simple <laughs> as that. That was your first paragraph. His last one, where we know. This is how Ebert works. This is where it gets, yeah. Spencer is essentially living inside a comic book. A lot of action comics originate from the same premise. An ordinary guy like Clark Kent or Peter Parker is transformed into a paragon of strength and power. Adolescent readers like that. It suits their fantasies. Starkid, written and directed by Manny Cotto, has a sweetheart and a lot of sly wit, and the symbiosis between boy and cyborg is handled cleverly. For kids of a certain age, it pushes the right buttons. Ebert's got his finger on the pulse of this one. Yeah. 100% in my mind. Oh, yeah. He totally gets it. Roger, good for you, man. You nailed it with this one. On Rotten Tomatoes, there's not a whole lot of reviews on this thing. One of them says, it's the guy for me, T.T. with a hint of Green Lantern. I don't know. Fine. One of them is, boy and robot battle scary alien. Mild profanity. Suspense. That's from Common Sense Media. And I do want to talk about Common Sense Media for a second. <laughs> okay. The way they rated this was they actually put, it's kind of a screen it type situation. With the parents gauging it. Okay, yeah. But here, they talk about, as they call it, a lot or a little. In terms of positive messages, out of five bullet points, five circles, I don't know, they love two of them. We'll call it two out of five stars. I don't know. In terms of positive role models representatives, they gave it two out of five also, because they're all high and fucking mighty. Violence, three out of five. Yeah. I can understand that one. Sex is not present. I'll respectfully disagree. Yeah. Uh, might not be obvious, but it's there. Yeah. Language has a two out of five. Fine. Consumerism, by the way, is on their list. Not present. Which it is, by the way. Ben selling, and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's and they're selling t-shirts at the end of it. Yep. So, I don't know what to tell you. Drinking, drugs, and smoking. I'll give him that one. Fine. Turbo's dad has a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> Gay screen it. <laughs> <laughs> Turbo's dad talks about drinking. Gonna, the kids are going to drive him to drink. Those are written by not parents. Kids always drive you to drink. One of the things I liked so much about this commonsensemedia.org article was there's a whole list of things to talk to your kids about. Oh, really? Yeah. One of them is families could talk about bullying. 
How did their experience under fire from the Brood Warrior change each of them? What lessons did each learn? They're thinking the Brood Warrior is the bully of this. Oh, wow. Not the bully. Or Spencer as the bully. It asks, what does Spencer's teacher mean when she says, if you run away from things you're afraid of, it only gets worse. How did she handle the tarantula to help illustrate her statement? Feels like a high school English class here. This is like like a brutal sheet. I don't. In in five paragraph essay. Yeah. Could you write this down? If my parents ever, after a movie, was like, okay, now we're going to give you a quiz on this movie. No. 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 Is it multiple choice? Is one of the. Scantronic? Is one of the options fuck off? Speaking of fuck off, the last one on this is the villain brood warrior is a combination of many scary creatures seen before in movies. Draw or describe your version of a scary space alien. How hard is it to be original? They put vaginas on eyes, man. That's pretty original. That's extremely original. I don't think a six-year-old's going to go, I'm going to draw vaginas on eyes. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> they will. I don't fucking know. This is ridiculous, though. Oh, man. Me and Brian had a lot of issues researching this movie. Yeah. There is not a lot on it. Yeah. Thanks, Uncle Ben 2.0. Yeah, you really fucked us with this one. It was not an easy one to find anything. No. No. And before anyone says anything, it is a completely random poll. Oh, yeah. And that's the worst part about it. The first yep. time we see what movie it is, Brian has it on his computer and he reads it to me. Whatever reaction I give is the honest reaction to whatever we're talking about. That is real. It's not fun. Uncle Ben 2.0. UB2. Dave Novak, Ginger Skull, fuck off. We'll see in a few weeks. I'll see in a few weeks, yeah. <laughs> Dave, I have some good news. I need it. We got a call from Lionsgate. Okay. And they said, here's $30 million. Yeah. Reboot me a star kid. Okay. 30 million. I don't know. The number doesn't really matter. Fair enough. Lionsgate. Just, who are you casting in our- Give me a character. In our reboot of Star Kid. Let's start with Spencer. Chris Pratt. I knew it was going to be Chris Pratt. Let's say Chris Pratt's not available to play a 12-year-old He's busy? boy. busy? We'll wait. We'll wait? <laughs> I don't know. All right. So a 12-year-old boy. I don't know that many young actors anymore. Okay. Um, I got nothing. I got nothing for for him because that's a tricky one. One of the Stranger Things guys? Somebody from Nothing that we usually go Stranger Things when, when in <laughs> doubt. We'll pick one of the Stranger Kids. You know what? I'll pick the one with the teeth. The Fro one. I don't know his name. Oh. I could look it up. I don't remember it. I like him. He plays Dustin. Dustin. Thank you. I was going to go uh, Jack Dylan Grazer. Oh, man. Household name. Yeah. What's he, he plays <laughs> He plays uh, Eddie in It. Okay. And he's going to be Freddy in the new Shazam movie. Owning those Eddies. The Eddie he's, names. He's got the Eddies on lock. That E-D-D-Y. He was, also, he was also in the very, very, very short-lived CBS, I want to say, sitcom Me, Myself, and I. Is Me, Myself, and I a superhero movie? No. Damn it. All right. It's a fun one. You tried. It's a fun one. Who are you casting as Turbo? As Tur- another bully. I'll, I'm sure the kid who looks like, or who plays AJ Soprano looks exactly the same now. Happy 20th anniversary, Sopranos, by the way. Yeah, we'll throw him in there. He might be a little old. So? Well, I'm sure he's fine. I don't know kids. I don't know. It's That's a tricky fine. one. That's yeah. fine. I'll throw in one of one of Dustin's best friends in Stranger Things. We'll get a whole dynamic. Okay, yeah. They've, they've acted together before. It yeah, work. I don't know. I don't know the kids. Go ahead. Yeah. Percy Hines White. Who's that? He plays Andy in Gifted, Fox's X-Men series. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, he looks like a bully to me. Who are you casting as Roland Griffith? As the pop? That's the dad. It's an obvious choice. I hope. Is it Will Ferrell? No. It's always Will Ferrell. Will here. Ferrell will be fun. Yeah. 
he he does do a good busy dad. It's a very busy dad. He could be a busy 90s Weirdly dad. enough, you want to know how I'm going to cast here? And it was actually who I almost called this character. Who's that? So it's tricky because he's older now, but I would have said Paul Reiser. <laughs> okay. And this guy, for some reason, made me think of Paul Reiser. He does, he does have that I almost called him not Reiser like, the whole time. Not Reiser? I like that. Yeah. Do you know who I'm casting as the dad? Joe Mazzello. Okay. So you're just going to just loop that around. Yeah. Bring it back around. Yeah. Okay. Little A little wink to the original yeah because okay. it's not a big part no no it's not throw joey in there why not from bohemian rhapsody jurassic Park, he doesn't, doesn't need the help fame. apparently he's doing great but we'll give him some work fine and i think finally who do you cast as janet holloway as janet holloway the best science teacher now this on is really really tricky this role here because i don't know how old corinne bower that's her name. Oh, yeah. Actress. I don't know how old she was when, it does, when she did it. I'm not going to look it up. Side story here for a second. Whenever I look shit up for our show, I start getting news alerts based on this stuff for weeks. Oh, yeah. When we did Daredevil, I cannot tell you how many Ben Affleck, Jennifer Gardner stories I got. And it <laughs> happened to be while they were going through like the divorce thing. Oh, no. It was it was horrible. It was just nonstop. Absolutely brutal. Nonstop Benefer. Nonstop. A lot of Edward Norton news, a lot of Liv Tyler news I keep getting. I got to stop Googling stuff yeah. <laughs> to get answers. You got to use those incognito windows Yeah, when you do your research. All right. I have a name for, for Jen Holloway. Okay. Allison Mack. <laughs> <laughs> wow. If you don't know why, that wow. makes a lot of sense. So that's extremely offensive. I suggest you Google that. Uh. But I'm going to save you the time. She played... I don't remember what her character was in Smallville. Uh, yeah, it was a made-up character for the for the yeah. TV show. But she recently got arrested for being one of the leaders of a sex cult. Sex cult. <laughs> Allison Mack. That's that's good. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good joke answer. Uh, Not a joke. This girl looks oh, right, like right. Allison Mack. She does. Google both of them side by side, you're gonna get confused. Oh, uh, I wasn't I wasn't really going for looks. They're both horny as hell. It's fair. I don't think Jana Holloway's going to brand anyone, though. That's the difference between those two. <laughs> That's true. She's not going to burn her initials yep. into anybody. <laughs> I had Ali Shawkat. Oh, that's weird. Right? I kind of like it. It's different. I could see that one. Out there. That is out there. And she's just getting... She's like the age now where she'd be a believable teacher. She's probably early 30s, right? I would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow. Good call. Thanks. I like that. Thanks. I like that a lot. I would also say... The friend in Juno, not Ellen Page. The other one. The other one. I'm pretty sure that's how she's I'm not the, Googling it. I'm going to get news alerts if I Google it. That's how she's I don't want to do it. It's the other one. <laughs> Juno's friend. The other the one. The other one. I think it's time for us to give this thing a super stuff score. Let's give it a super stuff score. Star Kid from 1997 or 8. <laughs> what are we giving it for setting? Zero. But it takes place in, in a in, place in Waverly and Crystal Bluff, California. It has two different towns on names Waverly Street, with an unknown state. It's Waverly Street. Oh, cool! And the dad's car has a California license plate. We know it's in California. Can't go off of that because in Spider-Man, there was Massachusetts plate right over his shoulder in New York. Yeah, but it wasn't one of the characters who lived there. Fair. Maybe he just moved from California to new there. Maybe he's from Portland or something. Zero. I mean, I agree. It's a zero. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Am I a harsh score? I've been told I'm a harsh score with some things. Only a little. Okay. I kind of go off my gut and then I let you talk me out of it. That's 
It, it seems to work. It works. And the issue really is one-liners. I know that for a fact, but still. Style and tone. Zero. Yeah, it's a zero. Hero. Zero. That's a zero. He runs away. He comes back. He's a big old bully in the middle of it. It doesn't make any sense. Villains. I don't know. No, you could say it. A zero? It's a zero. Okay. <laughs> could you really be that villainous when you're working with vagina eyes? Think about it. We had to talk about this, about who had it tougher between Willem Dafoe acting against a mirror and Alfred Molina working against nothing. And this, we said, yeah, Alfred Molina had it tougher, but Willem Dafoe did it better. But this guy, this alien here, this brood warrior is working with vagina eyes. He's working with what he's got. Brian Simpson, stunt actor, does a fine job with zero lines. Yeah. And vagina eyes. And vagina eyes. <laughs> brood warrior is not scary. I'll go zero. Fine. He's not. <laughs> You're he's right. not scary. And Turbo ends up turning. So. Yeah. Not a good villain. I mean, if that's. If we're going to stretch it that far, yeah. Story and motivation. Zero. It's a quick zero, too. Yeah, there's no There's, there's no, no story. Motivation. And there's the motivation's all over the place. Music. Nicholas Pike. He kind of Avengered before Avengers. Almost. And we got... 0.25. Edgar Winter. Zero. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I forgot all about that already. Zero. Impact. Zero. You don't want to go negative? Nope. I don't, because it doesn't, I mean, negative, when I think of negative, what's going to set something back? And this was so unknown that That's it didn't true. have the chance That's to set true. anything back. Parents. We got a dead parent. We got the parent. That's 0.5. One-liners. They might not be quotable, but this movie is full of them. There's a lot. I think we give it a one. I think we give it, oh man, it's a kid movie. I got to kind of keep that scope in there. Right. I'll give it a one. Think of it as a really gnarly fart. I'll give it a one. And I don't feel good about it. I want I want you to know that. I don't feel good about it. I know you don't feel good about it. But I think it's because that's, I think you're right. I that's think you're usually right. your hill to die on is the one liners. Yeah. But in this instance It's a kid movie. Star Kid Farts are funny, turds are funny. Star Kid gets a one and a half <laughs> on the super Okay. Stuff. And the worst part is is that I didn't mind it. No. I, I didn't hate I it. Didn't I didn't think love it, was... it. I think it's very middle of the road. If I had to place it anywhere in our top than now Hulk. eleven, it's better than Hulk. Better than Hulk. I agree. I could watch this more than You Hulk. know what? It's probably on par with Daredevil. I wouldn't push it that far. Which it has the same superstar. Oh, no. It no, has it's a higher, higher superstar higher. score. It's higher. Yeah, but I would I would watch Daredevil over this. If you were 13, which I, one would you watch? If I were 13, when did Daredevil come out? I wasn't 13. Who am I kidding? 2003. Yeah, no, I was no. older than that. Um, I would probably still watch Daredevil. Okay. Because I would probably feel cooler for watching the That's true. more violent movie then. That's true. So, makes sense. Okay. So that's Star Kid. That's a UB2 pick. That's our first of many UB2 picks. First of Where many. we don't know what we're going to get, and then we get boned. But next week. <laughs> There's some good ones in there. Yeah. next. Well, next week, we're going to one of our picks. It's an important one that we've kind of avoided, that we have no reason to really avoid, but it's a big Kickstarter for everything that is now considered modern. Yeah. And it's time to get into it. I think it's, I think it's time. Because there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. Next week, we're talking about some X-Men. We are talking X-Men. Oh, don't do that because that's not it. I know. I wish it was. So tune in next week for Not That Theme Song. Tune in next week for when we give a zero for music. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Hugh Jackman, man. I'm so fired up. He's a huge Jackman. That's a fact. Don't forget to like and subscribe on our various social media. We're at Cape Podcasters on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can send us an email, capepodcasters at gmail.com. We're 
still accepting submissions and nominations for the capies and potties up until Valentine's Day. So tune in next week where we're not going to talk about Gambit. Same pod time, same pod chat. Starkid. Dave, what do you think happens after the credits? What I think happens is that Spencer's at his house in his room full of his action figures and whatnot. Sure. And his telescope that works better than it should. Mm -hmm. And he hears a knock at his door. And he goes to answer it. And at his door are Henry Rowan Gardner, Kevin McAllister, and Alan Parrish. Just a bunch of 90s movie studs. Yeah. And Alan Parrish has got a board game under his arm. It says... (laughs) Kind of jigsaw-like. Do you want to play a game? And Spencer goes, oh, friends. So, yeah, he says, yeah. So they start playing this game, and the game is Jumanji. And as they're going through it, it's suddenly Spencer's turn to roll. Spencer rolls, and it says that he must spend his time on a desert island full of dinosaurs and crazy scientists and, <laughs> and Ian Malcolm. <laughs> and he goes back, and he has to fend for himself on this island of Jurassicness. With a Jeff Goldblum. With a Goldblum. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, what do you think happens? I think we open inside Waverly Street Elementary, because of course it's an elementary school. The bell rings. It's the end of the day. Spencer and Michelle are going to go to Ben and Jerry's together after school, because they're kind of like a thing now. So Spencer says, hey, Turbo, you want to come with us? It's like, oh, I can't. And then Miss Holloway says, Manfred, could you stay after and help me with the tarantula? <laughs> And that's when Spencer leads Michelle and says, she definitely wants to mate with him. 